Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And joining us again, because we had to restart because of an audio problem, Kimberly Ann Curran is here, everybody. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm wonderful. Wonderful Wednesday. And speaking of wonderful, right beside her, joining you guys in the live chat today, for those of you guys in the live chat and watching live, Ray Orr is here. Ray, how you doing? It was all my fault. Everything was Ray's fault. And guys, listen, I, I, I know, I know what the two of you did last night, because I did it last night, and I'm betting that a lot of you guys did it last night. And no, we're not talking about Manscaped. We are talking about all of us went out and bought a Vespa yesterday after seeing the mighty Vespa gang of Tatooine and Masa. Uh, <laughs> I never thought, I never thought that mint blue. I would see a Vespa bike gang in Star Wars, in Star Wars, riding around on the Vespas. Never, I literally said it out loud. I was watching. So I was like, they're, li they're riding Vespas. They're literally riding Vespas. Like this, and here's the other thing. I kept expecting the the shop owner to run out and goes, "You stole my stapler." <laughs> you, it's it's my stapler. That's just I just kept expecting him to say that. These the dang kids stole my stapler. <laughs> I, yeah, the Vespa gang, ladies and gentlemen, we have that we have hilarious. in Star Wars something I never thought we would have. We have a Vespa gang. It, it looked like Back to the Future 2. Remember when they had the yes. hoverboards? That looked yes, like a scene out of the Back to the Future we haven't seen yet where they showed the Vespas of the future. Yep. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm also watching this. And these, just so you know, if you haven't seen Bubba Fett Episode 3, this is a, this is a minor detail and nothing to do with the main plot. A minor, minor detail no, of the thing. But it's like, okay, so uh, these uh, uh, so uh, these these kids... Um, um, with these super expensive cybernetics uh, and driving the Vespas of the future, uh, they couldn't <laughs> afford a glass of water. Oh, they're they're oh these the 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 the, the Poe kids. They they couldn't afford a glass of water. Really? Oh oh point. oh! And the brilliant the brilliant businessman that Boba Fett is. All I've seen you do kids do is stand around and give lip. <laughs> eh, I'm going to assume you can fight. Come on, you can work for me. What? <laughs> what, what what is Boba Fett doing? Uh, you look like good kids. I'm sure you could fight. Come come work for me and see him throw a single punch. All they heard was stapler guy say, Oh, they're a vicious gang. What what? You look like youths. <laughs> youths. Youths. You do some trouble on the streets there. Come now, on, work for me, kid. Don't that get me wrong. Ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. There there were definitely things about the episode of Boba Fett last night that I quite liked. There, there were definitely things that I, that I quite liked, but there were also a couple of things that I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? And like, did they blow all the, the CGI budget on a banther or something? Because that that Vespa chase scene, that was that was kind of that was kind of Walmart budget. <laughs> I just I'm like, oh my god. Oh, bless it. Bless Vespas. The Vespas. Anyway, guys, good to have you here. As we're here to talk about all of our favorite things, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and it is awfully good to have you guys here. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to come and join us. And here's how today's show is going to go, guys. 
We break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics, and we've got a hell big truckload of them to talk about today. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. There's two ways to send two ways two ways to send them in. If you're watching live, and only if you're watching live. You guys can use the super chat feature that's in the YouTube chat. You can send those in while we're doing the show, and then we'll read them off once we get to the end of the main topics. If you're watching the show any other time, though, the other 22 hours of the day, you can go ahead and send in a, a comment or question down. That's Click on the link. I'm so discombobulated. It's the vets, Vespas. I've got Vespas on my mind. <laughs> you can go down to the description of this video, click on the tip link, or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on a show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be read on the show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved with the John Campus Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into a couple of off the tops here, shall we? And we're going to start with this. We got a number of them. We're going to start in our off the tops with this. You know, we've been talking a lot about Invincible lately. I love Invincible. Love this show. It was, I mean, not my favorite animated show of the year. That goes to Arcane, kind of by a mile. But I really enjoyed Invincible a lot. And I've been looking forward to the second season. And we were talking the other day about the fact that uh, they haven't even started production on season That's two. Right. So we don't know when we're going to get a season two. Well, we might have some insight into why they haven't started. It looks like Invincible is getting wrapped up in a big lawsuit. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of this lawsuit, but it basically breaks down to this. When the comic book was being done, one of the original artists, he was the colorist. He like he didn't write the story and he didn't draw the image, but he was the colorist. He would go in and color the pages, right? Well, I guess what happened was maybe there wasn't a lot of money uh, for when they were trying to get Invincible started. And they gave this colorist some credit, some ownership in exchange for doing what he does. Now, according to the lawsuit, that ownership that this colorist had should have translated by verbal agreement that they had with Robert Kirkman, who is the credited creator of Invincible and is doing the show and everything. He was entitled, apparently to a certain percentage of the profits for anything that gets done with Invincible in the future. Kirkman says otherwise and hasn't given him anything. And now there is a lawsuit ensuing over Invincible that could be, maybe, be what's holding things up. I thought this was a very interesting thing. We should talk about this for a second. Let me go in and, and read some of the excerpts from this thing here. Comic creator Robert Kirkman is being sued by an artist who says he was tricked into abandoning his copyright in Invincible and lost out on profits from the superhero franchise, which is now on Amazon Studios and which is now an Amazon Studios animated series. William Crabtree says that he co-created Invincible as its colorist for the first 50 issues. And Kirkman in 2005 convinced him to surrender his ownership stake under the guise of making it easier to sell uh, to sell to studios, according to the lawsuit filed Sunday in California federal court. The Invincible series, which includes a voice cast of Stephen Young, J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, premiered in March was there. Okay, fraud and deceit. 
have become a standard business practice for Kirkman, and it's apparently where his true creative aptitude lies, claims attorney Devin McRae in the complaint, which is embedded below. McRae previously represented artist Tony Moore in a 2012 lawsuit alleging Kirkman tricked him out of his interest in The Walking Dead, which amicably settled on an undisclosed in undisclosed terms less than two months later. So apparently Kirkman has done this before. Oh, no. He tricks one of the early stakeholders out of what they're doing under the guise of something else and then later they get taken to court apparently this guy they had to settle with this guy let's get more into the details here of this though crabtree says that he and kirkman we're we're going right from right here crabtree says that he and kirkman had an oral agreement that guaranteed him 20 percent of single sale proceeds of invincible and 10% of any revenue generated from other film or television commercial exploitation of the work together with any derivative projects based on the work and all allied or auxiliary rights to the work. But this is where it gets spicy. But when it came to memorializing the deal in writing, Crabtree alleges a scheme by Kirkman and his agents to fraudulently induce him to assign his copyright interest over to Kirkman's company. He says that Kirkman approached him at the 2005 San Diego Comic-Con and presented him with a certificate of authorship, which purported to characterize all of his contributions as a work for hire. He said that he was in the final stages of licensing Invincible for television productions and that having it represented by a single creator would increase its commercial viability. So basically what's going on here is this guy is kind of making the same assertion that the guy in the Walking Dead lawsuit made against him. That he basically told me, hey, if I if we just make it look like all the ownership is just under one guy, it's going to make it a lot easier for us to make money by selling it to a studio or something like that. Now, apparently, in the subsequent years after 2005, this guy was getting, Crabtree was getting paid out everything he was being owed for the various things. But once the television series hit, he didn't get anything. And Crabtree is now insisting, no, man, I was just giving you that other stuff because I'm a good guy. I, didn't, I don't actually owe you anything. So now this lawsuit's being filed. What makes this particularly interesting and maybe even a little concerning is this, this is the second time this has happened with Kirkman on a, a different property. One was Walking Dead. This was, this is invincible. But this could be, thing. now, some people might say that, well, if the guy didn't sign a contract, then it is what it is. Here's the thing about the law. Um, the law does have protections in place for it. Like some people think the way the law works is if you can, if you're smart enough, you can successfully trick somebody, then you're free and clear. But that's not what the law says. The, the law has provisions in it that you can't dupe somebody. You can't scheme and trick somebody and swindle somebody out of something under false pretenses. You can't do that. Now, again, I wasn't there, all right? I don't know if these allegations are true. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they're not. But this is pretty concerning to see, especially in light that it looks like this has happened before. And if this is a pattern for Kirkman. I mean, I'm not again, I'm not saying it is. I wasn't there. I'm just saying reading the article, it is kind of concerning. So guys, listen, I want to encourage you guys. I just read a couple of paragraphs. 
you guys should head over a little later today, head over to the Hollywood Reporter and read the article. It is rather interesting to see. And at first I'm like, ah, like I, some of you guys may be saying at home and I get it. He's the colorist. He shouldn't have any ownership. Well, it doesn't matter whether you think he should have ownership or not. If the agreements they made when they were making those comics in the first place was he got a bit of a stake in the ownership of it, then that's what he has. It doesn't matter if you think the colorist should have it or not. That's the agreement they made. What is it Robert always says? It ain't about what you deserve. It's about what you negotiate. And if they negotiated that in good faith and Kirkman's breaking it, and again, I'm not saying he is or isn't because I don't know. But if he is, well, that's dirty. So dirty. And this guy might be in line to get a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money. So I don't know. We'll have to see how this goes. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this whole Invincible Kirkman thing? And by the way, I don't know if, if this lawsuit is what's kind of holding up Invincible Season 2 or not. It might have nothing to do with it all. But whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's go on to another main off the top here, shall we? And the next off the top is this. You know, other than the Oscars and maybe... No, I'll say other than the Oscars, I think probably the next biggest set of awards are probably the DGA and SAG. The DGA is the Directors Guild of America Awards where the directors honor who they feel were the best directors that year. And SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, is the union of the actors. And it's all the actors in Hollywood honoring what they felt were the best performances of the year. And the SAG nominations have come out this morning. Like I said, other than the Oscars, this is the top prize for actors. And this is the awards being given to actors by the actors, which even gives it a little bit more weight. So I'd say right up with the DGA, this is probably the second most important awards that are going to be given out this year. And the nominees for it came out this year. We're going to take a look at a couple of them here. First of all, their top prize, kind of their version of Best Picture, is Best Ensemble. That's their number one prize like I said, it's kind of their version of Best Picture. And the nominees for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture are Belfast, no surprise. Coda, no surprise. Don't Look Up, I'm surprised by that. I, th I thought it was a fine movie and everything, but I, I don't see anything award-worthy in there. Per yeah. per but Don't Look Up. It, it was an amazing ensemble, but whatever. House of Gucci, I'm not surprised. Uh, and King Richard, again, I'm not surprised. By the way, one of the cast members of King Richard is our very own Aaron Cummings. Who was sure in that is. movie? So yeah, so better walk up on that stage. I don't know if she gets to walk up on the stage or not. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> I'm, I'm, do it anyway. <laughs> but I mean, hey, our own Aaron Cummings in that. Um, I'm surprised the best film of the year didn't get it because I thought the ensemble of West Side Story was amazing. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'll say this other thing too. I'm also a little bit surprised about Tick Tick Boom. I thought the the ensemble. I mean, it's Andrew Garfield's movie, but. The, the complete ensemble of that movie was really, really incredible. I don't know. I, I would have taken easily. I would have taken Don't Look Up off. And I, I like Don't Look Up. But I would have taken Don't Look Up off there and put in the, the ensemble for West Side Story, which I believe is easily the best film of the year. But I thought the ensemble legitimately should deserve something. Sure. And I thought Tick, Tick, Boom. I thought that ensemble was really... I don't think it's... I don't think Tick, Tick, Boom is going to be my, like... is isn't my top three movies of the year or anything, but... I thought the ensemble was incredible. Is there anyone you would take off this list and replace it? Who would you replace it with? 
You know, I would take off um, Don't Look Up. It was funny. It made me laugh. Um, I didn't think it was amazing. And I I, I definitely, I, I'm super surprised that it got a SAG nom. But okay. Um, did Succession get ensemble? This, this is for picture, motion picture. Oh, motion picture. I don't oh, know if I'm you sorry. knew that Succession is a television show. I did. Now, <laughs> now it's streaming. It's all just called the things I look at on the screen. Um, gosh, I don't know. Nightmare Alley, did they get it? I can't see it anymore. They did um, not, no. It's King Richard, House of Gucci, uh, Don't Look Up, Coda, I and Belfast. I would have taken off, uh, what did I just don't look say? Up. Don't look Thank up. you, sorry. I was like, and I would have put Nightmare Alley. All right, well, let's Golly. let's look at the next one. Jeez. The next one, outs this is a stacked, stacked group. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye totally deserves to be she on there. She did a great job. Olivia Coleman, who, by the way, is very quietly sneaking into the greatest of all time conversation. I mean, I'm not saying she's top one, two. I'm saying she is very quietly starting to just amass massive amounts of honors. Yeah. She's getting, anyway, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. I have no issue with her being on that list. Uh, Jennifer Hudson for Respect. I probably would have taken her off that one. I probably would have taken her because I think she's great. And I thought there were moments in respect where she is dynamite. But I'll get to why in a second. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Absolutely to be in. Absolutely 100% should be in there uh, for that. I may have taken Jennifer Hudson out and replaced her with Kristen Stewart for even though I did not love Spencer. I thought her performance was a revelation. I, I like I I was floored by how good she was in that. Jennifer Hudson, I've seen her better. I mean, she's got an Academy Award on her mantle already, and she's going to continue to be great. She's amazing. And by the way, I thought she was the perfect casting to play Aretha in Aretha that movie. Aretha Astor. Before I, she she was she was perfect to play it. She was handpicked. I. I I don't know. I think that might be the one I would remove out of there. I'm not sure. Are there any ones in there that you would remove? Honestly, I like this list a lot. It's a great list. I like this list a lot, honestly. All right. Um, again, Nightmare Alley. Again, I... I um, oh, what's... Would you put Rooney Mara up there or Kate Blanchett no, up there? No, Kate Blanchett. You Rooney, would? Ma Rooney Mara's role, she was good, but it wasn't like... Uh, but who Kate... would you bump off for Kate Blanchett in that? I mean, Kate Blanchett is also in the GOAT conversation, but where would you put, who would you bump out of there for her performance in there? Put it up again. Let me see. Let's see here. Jessica Chastain, oh, Olivia Coleman, God. Lady Gaga, Jennifer Hudson, Nicole Kidman. Probably Jennifer Hudson. Probably Jennifer Hudson as well? Yeah, just because Kate yeah. Blanchett, that noir, she's one of those actresses that makes you, if when she does a period piece, she sells that period. When you look at her, you're like, yeah, you just got in a time machine and jumped out of yeah. the 1940s. She's great. All right. Uh, let's go on to outstanding uh, performance by a male actor. Also stacked. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. I am 1,000% behind that. I thought he was so good in that. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. No surprise. Will Smith for King Richard. One of the best performances of his career. Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. No, duh. I have zero notes, zero complaints about that list. Zero notes, zero complaints. Uh, I honestly could see any... I, I, this is a pick em to me. I, I, I could wake up tomorrow and find out Javier Bardem one wouldn't blink. 
I could find out tomorrow that Benedict won. I wouldn't blink. I could find out that Garfield wins for Tick, Tick, Boom. Wouldn't blink. Will Smith for King Richard. Wouldn't blink. Denzel. Denzel. And the Denzel. Tragedy of Macbeth acting alongside Francis McDormand. Listen, it ain't it ain't easy to stand out in your performance when you are acting beside arguably the number two goat of all time in Francis McDormand acting as Lady Macbeth. You know how good you got to be. Powerhouse. You know how good you got to be to act beside Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. To act beside Denzel. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, but I'm saying for you to stand out in the that role. I mean, that. It, but it's Denzel. It's Denzel. Of course, it's Denzel. God, I, I honestly, I think, him. I think it's the best performance of his career. I think in his Academy Award winning career. I can't career, wait to see it. I'm waiting. Oh, it's only showing in L.A., and so I'm waiting so for it to get good. on Apple. I think I've got like a week or something when it's on Apple. Um, I can't wait to see it. Oh my God, he's so good. I honestly, I think it might be the best performance of, of his already award-heavy career. It's crazy. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, outstanding performance by an actor and by a female actor in a supporting role. Uh, I always mispronounce her name. Uh, Kat Riona uh, Balfi for Belfast. Kate Blanchett in Nightmare Alley. Well, there you go. She was listed under supporting actress. Uh, Ariana DeBois, De, De I think is it. DeBose for West Side Story. Uh, Kristen Dunst, The Power of the Dog. Ruth Nega for Passing, which was, Passing was a movie that kind of passed under the radar, but both her and, uh, I, we were just talking about her from Thor Ragnarok. Emma, uh, Tessa, Thompson. Tessa Thompson. We said Emma Thompson before yeah, too. Yep, Tessa yep. Thompson. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, Ariana in West Side Story. Yeah. I never, I can't tell you what else she's been in in her career. I can't. She's, she's mostly a Broadway star. Yeah. So unless you're a Broadway person, you haven't it, seen it, her. Is, is that it? Yeah. Every second she was on screen, I was Electric. in love. I was in love with the movie every second she was on screen. The power she had. I mean, even her character, the power she pulls, the mm -hmm. character. the And then uh, again, America is like one of my... Uh, like favorite scenes maybe in a musical ever now in movie form. But uh, again, I'm looking at this list and again, I have no complaints. I have, I have none. I have no notes. This, this is an incredible list. I think it all looks absolutely fantastic. All right, let's move on quickly to outstanding performance by a male actor in supporting role. Ben Affleck in the tender bar, Bradley Cooper in licorice pizza, uh, Troy Katsur in Coda, Jared Leto in House of Gucci, Cody Smith McPhee in The Power of the Dog. I know a lot of people are going to look cross, like look very weirdly at seeing Jared Leto up there because I know there have been a lot of criticisms about Jared Leto's performance in this. But I, from day one that came out of there, as an Italian, I came out of that movie saying I thought Leto's performance was unbelievably good. I, I don't have him winning, nor I wouldn't vote for him to win. But I'm just saying, I and I wouldn't have been upset if he wasn't on the list of nominees. I'm just saying, as an Italian with the family that I have, I came out of that thinking, I thought Leto was amazing in it. So I really, so honestly, again, I look at this and I have no notes. Uh, again, I just have none. I think this is a terrific lineup. There's a couple that couldn't have been there and maybe I wouldn't have blinked, but I think it's a good one. Um Anyway, then let's move over. Just look at a couple of television ones. Okay. Just a couple of television ones. So 
we go to first their main prize, which is their best series prize, which is best ensemble for a drama series. We have The Handmaid's Tale. No, no kidding. Uh, we have The Morning Show. No kidding. We have Squid Game. I question that. I'll be honest with you, but let's go on. We have Succession. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. And we have finally oh, Yellowstone. Yes, yes. Finally yes. Yellowstone getting... Well deserved. That, that is an ensemble well cast deserved. for the ages. I, but I'm going to tell you what. I as much as I like Squid Game, because you guys know I binged the whole thing in like three days. I I wouldn't have given it like no. best actor noms. I I honestly wouldn't have. I, I I it actually catches me a little bit by surprise. I just it's, I don't know if it's just the nature of the show that it's like. All the roles are played a little bit hammy and whatever, yeah. but I don't know. So I was a little bit surprised to see Squid Game on there. But I mean, Handmaid's Tale has been like one of the best things on television for years. Morning Show is that that cast is unbelievable. Um, Succession's incredible. Yellowstone, I absolutely love. I don't know. Would you have had Squid Game on there? Would you have left Squid Game on? No, no you wouldn't have and it's and it's not because I don't think the performances were wonderful. That's not the reason. I just feel like there were some better shows, but sometimes they take the. But this is but this is all about performances. This is the it, sags, you know. Yeah, but if this feels like a popularity ad to me, it does a little bit, right? Um, and that's not to say I'm. I don't think their acting was trash or anything. No, I don't no, think no, it was mediocre. I'm not just saying on this level, I don't necessarily think, but. But not to take anything away, you know what? They work their butts off. If they do um, bring home the SAG, I I will clap. You know, I won't. There's no hate there. I just, I don't know. I just would have. All right. And I only want show. to touch on one more just because I think this is so impressive. Like this is Game of Thrones like. When you look at the category of outstanding performance by a male actor in a series, mm -hmm. there's five nominees. Three of them are from the same show. Trying to tell you. Brian Cox for Succession. Kieran Culkin for Succession. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Strong for Succession. Yep. Billy Cudrup from The Morning Show. Uh, uh, Lee Jung-jae from Squid Game. There is no way Kevin Costner should not be on this list from Yellowstone. Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm super glad they got the Best Ensemble nomination. Kevin Costner should absolutely be nominated for this as well. But, I mean, again... Brian Cox had won has won Emmys for this. Uh, Kieran Culkin, Jeremy. I mean, you got three guys from the same show. This is Game of Thrones like. So I think that's actually pretty, uh, pretty and interesting. If there. you're not on to Succession, you gotta, man, you gotta tune in. And, you know and what? Try it I, out. I finally finished it. I oh, find, yeah. I'm all oh, caught yeah. up. Oh, I'm all yeah. caught up. It's a very good show. It is. I still think show. Yellowstone is the best show on TV right now, but Succession is pretty awesome. Succession yeah. is, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and three, three, three guys, the same show. Take up five of the nominee spots. That's amazing. But if you watch the show, the way they feed off of each other yeah, and it's bounce so good. energy off of each other, it's like, unless you're on this level, you cannot share energy with me. And I get that because the way their, their synergy together I, you're just like, oh, yeah. Like when I watched that show, man. I'll, just, I'll throw this out there, too. I thought there should have been a spot for for Costner, for Yellowstone. Yes. I also, I'm not, it's not a snub, all right? But I personally might have made space for Jeremy Renner for Mayor of Kingstown. I, I also, I'm all caught up on Mayor of Kingstown now. It's like, I'm still behind. It's some of the best work of his career. 
I, I like Mayor Kingstown is real. I get another Taylor Sheridan really a masterpiece. So that one. And you know what's funny about Tyler Sheridan? 1883. I think it's only three. Still haven't started watching it yet. Oh, okay. It's only like three episodes in, I think. Had it been more, had this come out earlier, I, dude, I promise you. We'll probably see you next year. I promise you it'd be on this list. It's so good. Tyler Sheridan's having a great year. All right, guys. Well, listen, the full nominees lists are out there. You guys can go over and look over everything that they've got there. Question is for you. What do you think about the nominee list? I think it's very, very strong. There are a couple little differences and changes I might have personally made. What are some of the changes you might have made, guys? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. And speaking of SAG, guys, are you taking care of your balls? That's the first question you got to ask every day when you wake up. Right? How's that for a segue? Ray came up with that segue. I'm not going to lie. We're going to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, our friends over at Manscaped. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Manscaped. Now, look, guys, it's a brand new year. It's time to make some resolutions about taking care of ourselves. And that includes taking care of our balls for too long. Too many guys I know have been using like beard trimmers or even worse, this part of the electric razor to take care of the area down there. It's barbaric. It's like trying to carve the statue of David using a dull butter knife. Thankfully, there is a solution for guys like you and me, and it's Manscaped. Manscaped is a company dedicated to giving us guys products to take care of the parts that we often forget to take care of properly. Now, I've been using the Performance Package 4.0. The package includes the backbone of their line, the Lawnmower 4.0. And listen, I love this thing. It's designed and built specifically for our ball area, giving the best and most comfortable results that I have personally, honestly, ever had. And you have to try to believe it. It also comes with the Weed Whacker. It's a specialized tool for, you know, your nose and ear hair trimming that Ray Orr himself just recently used for a special event, and it worked better than his previous tools. And I gotta mention the body wash. I am not joking. I used the body wash for the first time about a week ago, and you can ask Kimberly, Ray, or Rob, or any of them. I came into the studio that day raving about how I haven't enjoyed taking a shower this much in a long time. The body wash is fantastic. Also included is the crop preserver. That's your ball deodorant, guys. Take care of yourselves down there. And also don't forget the crop reviver, which is a ball toner. So guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code campia at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com make sure you use that promo code campia it's the new year guys no pubes in 2022 with manscaped all right guys and don't forget once you go over there make sure you use that promo code campia because when you do it actually helps helps out the show so thank you again to manscaped for being one of the sponsors of our show all right guys with that down we still got a couple more off the tops to talk about here quickly. So let's get into it with this. This is a nice story to me, honestly, and I'll explain why. The other day we were talking about how Ben Affleck came out and talked about Justice League being, you know, one of the worst experiences he had. Mm, yeah. Now, a lot of clickbaiters try to make it look like he was talking about drama on the set that made it. But when you actually went in and read Ben Affleck's quote, he said, no, it was about my divorce, my personal struggles, there's these competing agendas. And then Zack, Zack Snyder left. He says, you know, it wasn't about Justice League being bad or anything. It was just about, it was the most worst, terrible experience for him. It was all that kind of stuff. Well, obviously he made choices that were healthy for him to step away from that. But apparently one of the things, and I love these types of stories, 
one of the the in elements that really helped him decide it was he needed to step away from Batman, which breaks my heart because he's my all time favorite Batman. I mean, maybe Pattinson will become it, but hey, Ben might. Affleck is my favorite Batman. Just going to put that out there. But apparently one of the guys who really, really helped to make that decision and get to that place to make choices that were healthy for him was Matt Damon. Now, of course, this is the biggest bromance in Hollywood. These guys go all the way back uh, to, uh, I was almost said Finding Forrester, which is a little bit of a thing. It's a, uh, um, what's the, the one they won their Academy Award for? Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Um, Finding Forrester was kind of a version of Goodwill Hunting. But when they won an Academy Award together for screen for screenplay writing, right? And they have been like the guys ever since. It's Affleck and Damon. Anyway, Affleck was being interviewed by Matt Damon. And the, the whole situation with Batman came up. And Affleck said the following. In fact, I talked to you, Matt Damon. I talked to you about it. And you were a principal influence on that decision. I want to do the things that would bring me joy. Then we went and did The Last Duel, and I had fun every day on that movie. I wasn't the star. I wasn't likable. I was a villain. I wasn't all the things I thought I was supposed to be when I started out, and yet it was a wonderful experience. And it was all just stuff that came along that I wasn't chasing. Mm. And I love this one line because it reminds me a lot of something. I need to make decisions to do things that are going to bring me joy. Yeah. I And there's something about that that resonated with me because one of the big things that made me, for those of you who've watched me for any period of time, one of the things that made me make the decision to leave my job and just go solo, even though I was, you know, running this, I had 20 plus employees. This is back when I was running Collider video and stuff like that. I had 20 plus employees. I was doing these shows and blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't happy. And then my best friend growing up died. And I always remember, you know, one of the things that he would say is life is too short not to be happy. You know, I'm paraphrasing a bit here. Yeah. But life's too short to not be happy. And I just realized I'm not happy. You know, to the world, maybe it looked like I've got this sweet gig, everything's good, I had you know, wonderful, some, some wonderful people working around me and all that kind of stuff, but I wasn't happy. And so I made the decision to walk away. And thankfully, I had supportive people in my life, like my friend who had passed away, but also my wife, Anne, who really helped me make that decision, to help me make a good choice for me, to help me reject what the conventional wisdom would say hey you've got this corporate paying gig you're making six figures you've got this team of people blah blah conventional wisdom would say no you stay with that you don't leave that to go into a spare bedroom with the webcam and make the youtube's videos right <laughs> but i had but i knew that would be is what would make me happy and i had people in my life who supported me and reading this story about you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I love these stories of buddies and friends who support each other in the business in, in a world that loves drama. Yes. I love just hearing about these guys who've been friends their whole lives, being there for each other and supporting each other and stuff like that. And again, I don't like that. Ben Affleck is no longer our Batman. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like the way it, it all kind of went down with the denials and saying, well, I'm just not going to direct and 
the way the studio handled it, whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, Ben Affleck made decisions that were healthy for him. And, and maybe I wish it went down differently. Maybe I, whatever. Sure. And I'm kind of heartbroken that I don't get to see him ongoing as our Batman because, again, he's my favorite Batman. But he sat down in the midst of a lot of crap going on in his life. Much of it self-induced. But and he turned to a good friend who gave him good counsel and he mm-hmm. listened to the counsel of his friends and he made decisions that were healthy for him. And that's you know totally what? Healthy. Even though he's my favorite Batman, I can't feel bad about that. No. I think that's great. And I, I think when you have people in your life who will help you make those types of decisions, I think that's a great thing. Kim, you're hearing about, yeah. you know, all this. What do you think about the story and about Damon and him and whatever? How do, how do you think about think it? Think about Dionne Warwick saying, that's what friends are for. <laughs> um, honestly, to have someone, to have real friends is to have someone speaking truth into your life because there's a lot of like acquaintances that could just tell you whatever it is they think you want to hear and i think it's good for like anybody but if you think about movie stars you gotta have a lot of people in your ear and yep 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 and can i be part of your entourage but really what's important is finding those true friends that when you say, tell me the truth, they look you in the eye and they tell you the truth. Man, you don't look happy. Why are you doing this? What would it cost if you walked away and did something for your health instead of just fulfilling this role or whatever it is that Matt Damon told him. But that's real friendship. And hopefully we can all have some of that and we can be some of that. And sometimes it takes a kick of courage to have some faith in the relationship that you have and go, you know, what? I've been meaning to tell her this for a long time and I don't want to lose a friendship, but you know what? I need to just come out and tell her if you're that, that person, that friend, do it because you know what? At the end of the day, we don't have the Batman that, you know, John wants but there's a healthier man out there who also deals with addiction and the healthier choices you can make when you're dealing with addiction, the longer your life will be. And that's, that's a total truth. So, yeah. And we somehow, some way had your battery go out in your camera, even though we, we got it plugged in. So we'll take, I was good today. Yes. Yes. It was. So it was plugged in. in. We'll go, we'll take care of that in a second. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about that story about Ben? I mean, maybe you're somebody thinking, man, you just got to suck it up and you got to work through it and you got to do these things. Or maybe you're like me and you're thinking, man, you know what? The dude made choices that were healthy for him and that's good. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to skip over our last off the top. We're just, we're already running a little bit late today. So for those of you guys who don't know, apparently they said that Andrew Garfield was not good looking enough. He was not handsome enough to be in the Narnia movies, to which I put out a tweet last night that said, if Andrew Garfield was not good looking enough to be in Narnia, then by mathematics, I am not good looking enough to piss because that is just <laughs> one of the most, he's one of the best good looking dudes out there in the business today at any rate with that down guys we're not going to move into our main topics here today and how do we select our main topics here on the john campy show well it's really rather simple you see you guys come up with our main topics whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover here on the john campy show just go anytime 24 7 over to www.thejohncampyshow.com contact 
Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Kim, what is our first main topic today? All right, guys, this is coming from Chief Leaf. He says, hey, John and crew. So just saw that John Watts off the back of his amazing success with No Way Home has joined the creative team behind New Line's relaunch of its Final Destination franchise titled Final Destination 6 to be on HBO Max. I've always enjoyed the Final Destination movies and this news fills me with excitement. So what are your thoughts on it? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, listen, one of the um, one of the, the things I have never had a great relationship with is the uh, Final Destination franchise. I, I mean, don't, the premise is a neat idea, but it's all the same after that. It's like, okay, I, I can already tell you what Final Destination 6 is going to be. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a group of kids mm-hmm. that are in a situation where they probably should have died, but then they don't actually die. They're going to be doing Pokemon Go. Yeah, or something like that. And end up crossing the freeway, and they should have gotten taken out by an 18-wheeler. But then they look up and find Pikachu and realize, I'm on the freeway. Yep. Get off the freeway and escape death. Yep. It's Or, no, they're not going to escape. Because what's going to happen is... No, like, you escape. Yeah, the first time. There's going to be a group of them. And then, and then everything else for the rest, it's the same thing. Same now, don't get me wrong. I have not hated all the Final Destination movies. There's actually one or two of them that I actually found The first one was fun. good. The, I didn't even like the first one. I like the first I, one. I think it might have been four. That the one with I the liked. roller coaster? I can't remember, honestly. I just remember watching it. Oh, you know what? That was kind of fun. But it's kind of the same thing. But... What is pretty interesting here, and the only thing that makes this interesting, to be honest with you, is John Watts, director of Spider-Man, Homecoming, No Way Home, Far From Home, is a, attached as producer. He didn't just produce, though. He actually scripted out the original story for the idea. So anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at Joe Blow who write the following. Lori Evans-Taylor, who is making her feature directorial debut with the supernatural filler uh, thriller Bed Rest, starring Melissa Barrera and scheduled for a July 15th, 2022 release, was working on the screenplay for Final Destination 6. Deadline has now confirmed Taylor's involvement with Final Destination 6, while revealing there's much more to the situation. Taylor is writing the script with Guy uh, Busick, co-writer of the new Scream movie, and they're working from a story and treatment that was written by John Watts, director of Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Watts has also signed on to produce Final Destination 6, which is set up at New Line Cinemas and will be released through the HBO Max streaming service. So this is going to straight to HBO. Not a great thing, whatever. But again, this is interesting to me because a lot of times we hear about somebody is going to be directing or producing, right? And people get excited. But the reality is... The word producer, there is nobody more important than the producer in a film. But the word producer is so nebulous and is used so loosely that literally the producer of a film is literally the person who went out, got the secured the rights to the script, uh, got the idea of vision film, pulled in, went out and hired the director, made the whole movie happen, brought all the things together to make it happen, set everything up, and then let the director go and make the movie. I mean, the producer is super important. 
and that person can be the producer of a film. But there have also been a lot of producer credits where they didn't actually do anything. Like Steven Spielberg has lit literally gotten producer credits on movies for having a phone conversation or two and agreeing to let his name be on there as a producer. There are some actors who agree to be in a movie, but they also want a producer's credit. Mm -hmm. So they get a producer's credit. And then there's producer, executive producer, co-producer, associate producer, you know, sandwich running producer, whatever, all these producer terms. But this is this one's interesting because not only is John Watts getting on board to help pull this movie together, this is actually all based on what his idea was, his treatment. Now, for those of you who don't know, wait a minute, but it said that lady was writing the screenplay. There is a difference between an outline, a treatment, and your final screenplay. So, for example, uh, I can write a story about Felipe the sentient dancing microphone. <laughs> and I can say, okay, so here's the idea. Uh, Felipe was just a regular microphone on some YouTuber's channel. But then an asteroid hit the house. And that asteroid hit a house that had a lot of meth in it. A lot of meth. So the radiation from this asteroid mixed with that pure blue meth and it created a special kind of radiant energy that infused itself into this microphone <laughs> that came to life. And while, when it came to life, there was a YouTube video playing of The Greatest Showman and the microphone saw that and said, that's what I need to be. And I will become a sentient dancing microphone. And then there's a government agent called you know, Nowak Bolshevik, <laughs> who is trying to hunt down Felipe the Sentient Dancer Microphone, he becomes friend, friends with a little Portuguese boy uh, who's running away from his parents, this and they run off to Canada and start a hockey stick manufacturing business while Felipe pursues his dreams of music. There. But of course. In one page, I just gave you I just gave you an outline. I just gave you the basic idea, right? But you can just write a treatment. You can write a 10-page treatment, three-page, whatever. And then what happens is a screenwriter, you give that to the screenwriter, and now the screenwriter, I'm oversimplifying this, but the screenwriter then takes that, sits down, and starts actually putting all the meat to it and actually turns that into a 100-page screenplay. So John Watts is the one who came up with the story for this and wrote a treatment for it. And now he's going to be producing it. And to me, that makes it a little bit kind of exciting. You hear about this, Kim. What do you think? I think it's exciting. Um, I think the most exciting thing they could do is turn it on its head. The most exciting thing they could do is change it up a little bit. Let's change up the story. Maybe the kids go after death this time, huh? I don't know how that would look or how that would work out. But um, I think it, John Watts, look, he has more than impressed me with his work on the home series like the way that i love those films like i haven't really loved films like that since back to the future so i have a lot of faith in the stuff that he can do and so um yeah yeah i'm really excited about it i just i just want to see something a little bit different let's go after death let's see people get really really old and never die and ditch and dodge death at every corner Let's just do something new. Speaking I, of meth, uh, here's our new ad sponsor. <laughs> oh my God, speaking of meth. So there's a new t-shirt that somebody's got to design, a picture of Ray going, speaking of meth. Speaking of <laughs> just meth. Dot, dot, dot. Oh my speaking gosh. Of, 
<laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, th this could be interesting. They could do something interesting with this. I hope yeah. that they do. But again, I wouldn't even pay attention to this if it wasn't for the fact that John Watts is connected. And so that makes me a little bit interested because I'm super vested in him, what he's doing right now. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? There is a Final Destination 6 coming, which may or may not interest you, but John Watts is attached to it. He kind of wrote the underlying story. He's going to be a producer on it. Does this excite you? Do you not care? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Kim, what is our second main topic today? This is coming from Michael D'Souza. Hey, John and crew, I hope you're having a great day. Sadly, as I was scrolling through Twitter this afternoon, I found out that The Mandalorian Season 3 has temporarily stopped production due to COVID-19. What are your thoughts on this, and when do you think production could start up again? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Michael. And listen, while we were all talking about Book of Boba Fett right now, the show that kind of it was spun off from, Mandalorian, is something that obviously we were all very excited about. That was a television show that right from episode one got us all hooked. And then all the way through to the climax ending of season two, the final thing is Luke shows up wrecking fools with his lightsaber, something we've been waiting a long time to see. That was great. Very excited about. So, yeah, we're all watching Book of Boba Fett right now, the Book of the Vespa Gang. And... <laughs> Vespa gangs and red staplers, everybody. Anyway, the book of uh, Boba Fett, we are what we're, a lot of us are really looking forward to beyond Obi-Wan and things like that. We're looking forward to Mandalorian season three huh. and, and really waiting to see what they're going to be doing with that. We might be waiting a little bit longer than we were hoping because there is a rumor going around. And listen, right now, we will still qualify this and put this under the category of rumor. But there is a rumor going around that. After taking a break, a production break, because remember, they started up production of Mandalorian Season 3 back in October. Then they took a little bit of a break over the holiday season. Of course, since then, there's been a massive spike in the pandemic. Oh, Again, putting this into perspective, the day Spider-Man No Way Home came out was December 17th, less than a month ago. In California, we had six, seven, or 8,000 new cases. On that day... The day that Spider-Man came out, we had 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 new cases a day. A couple of days ago in California, we had 220,000 new cases in one day. Now, a, a little bit of good news. Yesterday was the first day in over a month that the new cases numbers actually went down. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that becomes a trend that continues. Hey, yeah. But apparently because of all that, there's a rumor going around that Mandalorian never came back to start shooting again. Anyway, this comes to us from the folks who are coming soon who write the following. The report notes that filming on The Mandalorian Season 3 was set to resume last week following a holiday break. However, according to a report, the cast and crew have yet to return to the production. Instead, the recent rise of COVID-19 cases in Los, Angel in Los Angeles has essentially caused production to come to a stop for the time being. Uh, Bestman Bull, uh, Bulletins, that's where Coming Soon was getting this from, uh, report notes that no one on the cast or crew has become sick, but the decision was made to pause production to err on the side of safety. At the moment, no return date has been decided for the return to production. Now, I should point out here that as of this moment, 
I have not seen this reported on the Hollywood Reporter or Variety. At least by the beginning of Showtime today, there was been no report on any of the major channels, any of the major outlets reporting us. So this is just some of the smaller outlets. So it may be true. It may not be true. I do, however, find it very believable because, you know, with because we've already seen some productions halt. Picard season two production has been halted. Um, we just saw some movies getting bumped. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just saw the, the newest upcoming Pixar film, Turning Red, has just been pulled from theatrical thing and together. So I find the thought that the cast and crew of Mandalorian season three were off on break. And because of the COVID spike, they just haven't brought them back yet. I do find it very believable. So I'm going to go on the assumption for now, which we may find out is not true, but going on the assumption that this is true. I honestly don't think this is going to be a big deal. I really don't. I think, you know, they're shooting a television show takes time. And Disney probably wasn't going to release Mandalorian season three. I'm going to guess until the fourth quarter of the year anyway. So let's say, for argument's sake, they don't come back and start shooting for two weeks. Okay, well, it, it sucks. But I honestly don't think it's going to affect anything. I think we are probably still going to get Mandalorian Season 3 when we were going to get it, which we don't know when we were going to get it. But mm. whenever we were going to get it, I think we'll probably still get it. I don't think this is going to cause some massive delay, like, oh, now it can't come out until summer of 2023 or anything like that. So they were good. And listen, I think if the producers and... Disney and Lucasfilm and John Favreau are like, you know what? It's it's seriously spiking right now. Everybody's on break. Let's give them a little bit longer of a break. And then we'll bring back everybody once things start to level up, which maybe they're already starting to do, hopefully. But then we'll bring them back there. And I applaud that decision. I think it makes a lot of sense. What do you think about this game? Number one, do you find this believable that, that they've probably done that? And if so, do you think it's the right move? Yeah, totally believable. Um, the numbers don't lie. And also, uh, coming off of the holidays, it wasn't like 2020 where it was like, sorry, Grandma, a lot of people this year were like, hey, everybody, cousins, aunties, everyone come over. And so it's smart to say, hey, you were all with people who have traveled. You were all with people who came to you from trains, planes, and automobiles. And the best thing right now for us is going to be have a few more weeks, so now you're back home. Hopefully it's just you and your partner or maybe just you or you and your kids and um, stay healthy, you know, and just kind of stay away from people so we can get this back on track. But I think it's smart after the holidays. I think if it if it came like right now out of nowhere and they stopped, I'd be a little worried like, oh, did someone on set get sick? But right, right now, totally makes sense. And you know what? I prefer they do it because I'd rather everyone get well and get better and be good, then find out we're so close to getting this season that we want so bad, but five major players are out sick and in yeah. the hospital. It, it, it's better to take a week or two off now and don't bring everybody back and lose yes. a week or two, then rush everybody back, have 10, 20 people on the crew get sick and have to shut down for a month or two. Yes. I would rather you lose a week or two right now. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Are, are you afraid that maybe this may delay Mandalorian Season 3? I don't personally have any worry about it. Maybe you do. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? Okay, this is coming from Isaac Beebe. 
Hi, John. Multiple credible and reliable news sources are reporting that the Academy Awards will go back to having a proper host again this year for the first time in like half a decade. However, they have not revealed who that person will be yet. Does this excite you? And does this mean that this year's broadcast will go back to normal like what we saw in early 2020 and 2019 in the actual Dolby Theater and not in an abandoned train station? Yeah, again, another reason why I'm like, why the hell did you guys even do an Academy Awards last year? At any rate, that aside. Number of years ago, first of all, you guys know that more than my own birthday, my second favorite day of the year after Christmas is Oscars Day. What can I say? I'm a movie guy. But Oscars Day, Ann and I, except not the last couple of years, but Ann and I would always plan a big Oscar party. We would like always go full out with it. I mean, Oscar Day was Super Bowl day for the me. The themed food you told the, me all about. All the themed food, <laughs> everything. Oscars is my Super Bowl, although I do love the Super Bowl too. But I mean, Oscars is my Super Bowl. And I love it, whatever. And one of the things we look forward to every year is who's hosting the Oscars this year. And we have had some tremendous hosts over the years. And some not so great hosts. Maybe somebody we shouldn't have had come on. I mean, that I, that year, list. I love Anne Hathaway. I do. I love Anne Hathaway. But man, that year Anne Hathaway and James Franco hosted, oh my God. Oh, wow. That was bad. But then what happened was, for those of you who don't remember, a couple of years ago, Kevin Hart, was tapped to host the Oscars. And I actually oh, thought he was yeah, going to do a really good job. Right. And with the bromance that him and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have, you knew there were going to be a lot of great Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart jokes and stuff like that. Somebody dug up some social media oh, tweets God. that Kevin Hart had made a decade earlier, like a, 10 years earlier, and, and decided this is our time to get our revenge on Kevin Hart and whatever. And then ultimately, he didn't host. And the Oscars made a very weird decision that year. But a decision that was probably right at the time, which was, you know what? We're going to go without a host. I didn't like the decision at the time. But oh, I remember yeah. that. Because wasn't like at one point the Avengers were all going to like sporadically. There was talk host. of that at any rate. There was talk of that and a whole bunch of things. And I, it, it, I didn't like the idea at first. Mm -hmm. Over time... I have grown to say, you know what, given the circumstances of the time, that was probably the right decision. And to be honest with you, the Oscars went off without a hitch that year. I still missed having that one face of the Oscars that year to bring us through. But actually, the show went off pretty well, and it did pretty well. And then they decided, well, why don't we do it for one more time? And then they did it again. And then, yeah, then we came to the year where they shouldn't have even done the Oscars, stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of people have been wondering and asking... As we get close to getting closer, we're in the new year now, we're getting closer to the Oscars this year. Are they going to have a host? Well, apparently the answer is yes. We are going to have a host of the Oscars again, and it might be Spider-Man. It might be Tom Holland. Okay, this comes to us from the folks over at The Hollywood Reporter who write the following. The 94th Academy Awards, scheduled to air on ABC on March 27th, will be the first since the 90th in 2018 to have a host. You heard it here first. Uh, Craig Irwich, president of Hulu's Originals and ABC Entertainment, said during ABC's portion of the Television Critics Association virtual press tour on Tuesday. That's a word of mouthful. Uh, during a recent interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Tom Holland, the star Spider-Man No Way Home, the biggest blockbuster of the pandemic, expressed interest in hosting the Oscars. And The Hollywood Reporter has learned that the Academy 
has reached out to him to explore the possibilities. What? What? Now, I'll tell you what. Some people might be going, uh, why did you get Tom Holland? This would actually be a really good move. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. This would be a really good move because, number one, you want to make a splash. I understand they did an, an Oscar ceremony last year. Let's all be honest. We're, we're, nobody remembers that. Nobody cares. They shouldn't have even done one last year. I said that. I said that for a year leading up to it. They damn well should have listened to me. But they did one anyway, and it was a total disaster. I mean, I'm glad that some movies got honored, but whatever. But you're now coming back. You want to make a splash. The Hollywood Reporter is right. There has been no bigger movie in the last two years than Spider-Man No Way Home. That is, the, But it's not just a big movie. Here's the thing. It's not just, number one, a big movie. It is, number two, an incredibly important movie because it's the movie that brought people back to movie theaters. In numbers that we have not seen in years, in some of the biggest numbers in history, and Tom Holland is the face of that franchise. So, big movie, important movie, but I'm going to say there's another element that makes him a good choice. Do I think Tom Holland is probably a great Hollywood historian? I don't know if he is or not, but I'll tell you what he is. He's a song and dance man. Tom Holland is one of the, I mean, I guess you could also put up there Channing Tatum, Hugh Jackman, mm -hmm. some of the stars who are probably the best dancers out of all the actors out there. Mm -hmm. Tom Holland is a legit dancer. Again, go on YouTube, search for lip sync battle, him singing Rihanna's <laughs> Under My Umbrella. I'm sorry, uh, my uh, umbrella. Ella. Uh, uh, Ella. Yeah, yeah. A. Yeah. A. 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 Yeah, so that's, that's some <laughs> tremendous lyric writing right there. Anyway. So, number one, star of the biggest movie of the year, last couple of years. Number two, the movie that brought audiences back to movie theaters. And number three, he is legitimately a song and dance guy. So you want to do these big, these big numbers. You want to do a uh, West Side Story, tick, tick, boom, um, in the Heights kind of montage. Tom Holland's the host who can do those dances, man. Yeah. He totally can. And then number four, he is universally liked. I mean, maybe not everybody wants Tom Holland to be the next James Bond. Maybe not everybody's thrilled that Tom Holland was cast to be in Uncharted. I am, but maybe you're not. But everybody likes Tom Holland. So he is a safe choice. He is a popular choice. He's an important choice. And he can do the job. But is he funny? Well, you get a team of writers to write his material for him. Because you know he can deliver... So look, I don't know at the end of the day. Now look, what I love to hear to get things kicked off again, Billy Crystal's coming back to host Come it again. On, oh Obi. God, yes, I would. Yes, I would love Amazing. that. Bring, bring Billy back. Because remember after the fiasco of James Franco and Anne Hathaway, they're like, we got to right the ship. Bring back Billy, right? Or Steve Martin or something like that. Like a, a good tried and true whatever. But, but I got to tell you, while I first kind of cringed a bit when I heard Tom Holland, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. I really like this idea. I mean, I think it would check a lot of boxes. If this was a normal year, maybe not. 
But this is a year the Oscars got to make a splash. So someone mentioned in the chat the Muppets, and I actually like that idea. Yeah, no, there were there was talk a couple years ago about the Muppets. Yeah, it was the Avengers and the the, the Avengers and the Muppets. Just because yeah. try to find the tweet from any Muppet that's controversial, you won't. <laughs> and listen, of course, you do the Muppets, <laughs> then at least over the three-hour show, at least five times, you got to cut to the balcony. And Statler and Wardorf up there, mm -hmm. they've got to be doing their. They got to be doing their things. You stink! <laughs> like it just, I love those. Songs. I love them too. They're the they're the best. They kind of represent a lot of you know online trolls, but they're they're perfect <laughs> for it, right? But I mean, and listen, and I love the idea of bringing the host back. Yes, that one year it worked fine without it, but to have that host, to have somebody to be the face of it, that kind of helps create a continuity bringing us through the show and it kind of helps us delineate the years of the oscars ah that was the uh david letterman year ah that was the whatever you know what i mean so number one i love the idea of them bringing the host back thank god and uh, count me as somebody who's all in for it being uh tom holland count me all in for that kim you hear about this number one do you like them bringing a host back or do you think they should continue host list and since they are bringing one back, do you like the idea of it being Tom Holland? Do you think they should have gone in a different direction? I love the idea of bringing a host back. I think after the trauma we've all experienced with 2020 and 2021, we want to feel like things are back to normal. I got two sides of the coin on what I think. Okay, let's go devil's advocate. For me, the Oscars have always been, and, I, and I'm well aware that non-stand-ups have hosted. I'm aware of that, but hear me out. It's been a sophisticated playground for stand-up legends. It's how I feel. And the best Oscar shows that I feel we've ever had have been when there have been a stand-up legend, going back to Bob Hope, Johnny Carson, Billy Crystal, Steve Martin, Whoopi Goldberg, which is one of my favorite Oscar hosts. Um, you've had just comedy legends. And when I think of the Oscars, I think of the word legend. If you're young, you're a legend in the making. And if you're old, you are here for a reason because we all look back and revere you. This is the time for the Sidney Portiers and the, the Betty Whites and the Denzel Washingtons and those people that have made us get into this career. And I'm, I'm not, this isn't an ageism thing or anything, but for me, um, I want to see a legend host, somebody that's paid their dues in the industry and has so much to say and i really want them to give the floor to a comedy legend because i feel like comedians have really suffered uh in the past few years with having to change their acts for so many different reasons and a lot of comedians have been silenced for so many different reasons i want to pay homage to the stand-up comedians and the tradition of the oscars having stand-ups okay other side of the coin hugh jackman was one of my favorite non he was a great stand -up, host. great host um comedian you know traditional comedian host he was my favorite because he was charming the crowd that charisma his stature that freaking accent and that smile like come on somebody but then he was doing the dance numbers and he's he has proven himself on broadway and so he was right there in pot of beret and turn and flip and that. like i was like you know what you got me hugh you're a great oscar host in that vein the other side of my coin is Tom could do a great job because it would be very similar to when Hugh Jackman um, hosted. 
you know, much like everyone, they get involved with the numbers or something. But Tom's a great dancer. I've, I've never heard him sing, but I know he, he played Billy Elliot for a while, correct? Yeah. On, on Broadway or, or in, in London. Um, so either way, I'm happy with it. But I, I, mm, I'm leaning towards the side of I want to see some comedy stand up legends back on the stage. You know what's funny? I'm completely opposite from you on that. Yeah. Yeah. To me, um, and I think a lot of people think the way you do on that. To me, it's like having the ESPY Awards being hosted by a plumber. I like to me, the Oscars are the biggest night of the movie industry of film. I want to see True. Billy Crystal. I want to see a Hugh Jackman. I want to see people who are giants in the movie world. Now, that being said, I mean, there's no denying like when you they've had moments like when you've had stand up people like Johnny, uh, Johnny Carson, Carson mm -hmm. um, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a history to that as well. Me personally, I would well, rather Whoopi Goldberg is is a stand up that, you know, the color Whoopi purple. Goldberg, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, she's, Goldberg she's an fits. EGOT like she fits. Oh, sure, sure. No, no. Yeah, you she know? fits. But I, I think. You know, going with the straight up comedy people, which a lot of people lean but towards. I, I mean, but I, I specifically said comedy stand up legends. I didn't say comedy people. Right. Well, I said I mean, comedy legends. And those tend to be the people who have worked in some of our favorite films. Steve Martin. Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah there, no, like, there are some. But, that's but there, who I'm talking people, about. Like, I remember when Jon Stewart hosted and I thought Jon Stewart did a good job hosting. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, he was in the de he was in Death to Smoochie. Well, yeah, but that doesn't make him a movie person. You no, know? I'm talking about the Billy Crystals, the right. the Whoopi Goldbergs. Billy That's who I'm talking about. Primarily an actor, and pr Steve Martin is primarily an actor. But they started in stand up. Sure. They go they go into a stand up club. Yeah, but look, they're, I'm, get, not, they're, I'm not trying to get into a debate a, about whether a, some of these people can also have stand up comedy experience. I'm just saying there have been a lot of people that want I want this stand up comedian to do it, and the, and that can be entertaining. Mm. But this is why Tom Holland for me is is a winner because he is a movie guy he's a movie guy and he can dance but like you said people like he's him. a movie guy but and and i mean he's doing some good movies but he's not a legend just yet oh, i want to no, no, see no, no, a no. legend hosting on that he's on his way i'm not hating on tom he's on his way but i want to see a legend that's the oscars are well, legendary i, I want to see but but too much of a legend causes the and the winner is La La Land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want them to be too much was, of a legend. You don't want them to be too much. Of like, no, no, and I agree. That's why I said like, like I would, I would have loved to have seen like uh, a, a, a Billy Crystal or a Steve Martin. Yeah, the thing was something or about. George Clooney. Absolutely. I'm just saying, I don't necessarily need a stand-up legend. I want a movie legend. You know, and and they mm -hmm. and you, they can be both. They, you can have hybrids that are absolutely both. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if they go with a Tom Holland. I'm I'm very happy. I will root him on. I will root him on. I'll be excited for his show. I won't be like, oh, this young kid. I won't be disappointed. But bringing the Oscars back in full swing. I mean, back to how it used to be. The glory of the Oscars. Let's get out of the abandoned train station and the nah. Zoom Oscars or whatever the hell. Um, and I, I just really want to see someone legendary but to on be, that to stage. To be fair, though, in as much as I'm saying like Billy Crystal and you want a real legend... Coming out of a couple of years of crap yeah. and the thing that happened last year, honestly, though, what's going to make a bigger splash? Getting who I want, Billy Crystal, which is really more of a safe kind of thing, or bringing in 
the face of the biggest movie out there right now and the, the movie that's bringing people back and everybody seems to be loving a Tom Holland. Look, I would I would prefer to see Billy Crystal, yes, but I got to acknowledge that the one that's going to make the bigger splash is probably if they announce Tom Holland. I think that makes the bigger splash. I don't think people pay as I much of attention. I think that's the popular choice rather than the most sure, but appropriate this is a unique choice. Not year, faith, but appropriate But this choice. is the unique year where maybe the popular choice might be the appropriate choice given the circumstances. But that's like let's year. have all our songs be sung by BTS because they're hot. But 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 listen right but now. If but if you've had a Grammys where you've had no Grammys for three years and a lot of struggle, mm -hmm. maybe that's the time to have BTS do it because you need something that kind of an impact. Ray, you were gonna say something. I was there. gonna say, you know what? Just don't do legend or up up and coming guys. Just do what what some of the chat is saying, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. He would be I'm, I'm amazing. Telling, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oscar. The Oscars. I'm not. I don't get up for it like John does. But if the host is like funny and entertaining, I'll watch through the whole thing. But if it's if it's not, then I'll I'll just doze off and not, fall, you know, fall asleep at midway. I don't know. Anyway, the question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Number one, bringing back a host. Number two, the fact that they are talking to Tom Holland. I mean, it may end up being Tom Holland. It may not. And if it is, how do you think about it? I think it would be really, I mean, not my number one choice, but I think it would probably be a pretty good choice. Maybe you don't. Whatever you guys are feeling about this right now, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our fourth and final main topic today. Kim. What is our fourth and final main topic today? All right. This is coming from Adita Servastia. Hi, John and crew. Considering the current COVID situation around the world and the exponentially high rise in cases in all the major countries, 1 million per day in the U.S., by the way, causing the theaters to shut down and big movies like Morbius um, to get delayed, etc. Do you think all this can cause the Batman to get delayed as well? All right. Thanks for saying that in. And look, it's, it's, it's a valid question. It's a fair question. We had Morbius move. We just had turning red move, but at the same time, screams coming out on Thursday. We're going to go see scream. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> can't believe I'm saying I'm number one, not only going to see scream, I never thought in my life I'd say, I'm excited to see Scream. But after seeing like all the rave reviews coming from people that I really trust and people calling me saying, John, I saw Scream and you are actually going to really love it. I'm excited to see it. Can't wait. So we've got these a lot of movies that are maintaining their release dates and coming out and we'll, we'll see how that does. But it does bring up the question about my number one most anticipated movie of 2022, The Batman. And could this thing get bumped? Well, the guy who is currently the CEO of Warner Media was asked about that. He's going to be out of a job here pretty soon once Discovery takes over. But he was asked specifically about that. It's like, are we going to see the Batman move? And this is what he said. He said the following. And this comes to us from IndieWire, who writes, The rise in COVID cases is putting pressure on studios looking to either stay the course or rethink their plans. One major tentpole pole film on the horizon is Warner Brothers' The Batman from director Matt Reeves starring Robert Pattinson. Right now, it's scheduled to open in theaters on March 4th. It's getting closer, guys. It's getting so close. After already being pushed twice, first from July of 2021 to October and then to March of this year. Will that date hold? 
Warner Media CEO Jason Kalar recently spoke to Puck News via Variety about the release plan. We're certainly we are certainly paying attention to everything going on with Omicron, Kalar said. But we feel good about the date right now. We're going to watch it day by day. So we feel good about the date right now, but we are going to continue to watch it day by day. All right. This is actually a really good way to approach this, and I like this. And I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say this. I think this movie stays exactly where it is. I think we are going to get the Batman on March 4th. Hmm. Um, I believe, and maybe I'm just being an optimistic fool, but I believe in the next week or so, we are going to start to see the new cases numbers start to go down. I think a combination of the burnout rate, the vaccination rate, the, the lower hospitalization rates from Omicron, things like that. I think we are going to start to turn a corner soon. Again, I am no doctor. I have no medical degree. <laughs> this is just me being optimistic. But I believe it. And I believe we're going to see Batman hold its course and stay the day. But of course, listen, I know there's going to be a lot of fans that will just want to say, just put the movie out. Just put it out. Well, I mean, it's easy to say that when it's not your hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. I just put it out. Eh, it's not your money. <laughs> so look, I so I respect the idea of saying, listen, as much as I'm dying to see the Batman, you want to do what's right for the Batman. I want to see the Batman be a huge smash hit because I want there to be no questions about, well, first of all, I hope it's great. But let's assume the movie's great for a moment because maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be garbage. But let's assume it's going to be great. Being great, I want it to have every success so there can be no question about do they continue moving forward with it? Do they make more? Do they lock down Matt Reeves a little longer? Do they lock down Robert Pattinson a little bit longer? Do they make sure they get the wheels in motion so we don't have to wait four years for another Batman movie coming from this thing? I want this thing to be a huge hit. And if releasing it on March 4th compromises that, then I'm all for them moving it a bit. I would be. But obviously my first choice is to keep it right where it is. So I think this is the perfect answer. That, listen, we're looking at the situation, and right now we feel pretty good. We feel good about our release date. But obviously we're going to keep our eyes on things, and we'll see how things progress. I think that's a totally rational thing to say. I think from a leadership point of view, that's a good approach to have. And I believe it. I believe this movie's coming out March 4th, damn it. And I choose to believe that until I'm told otherwise. I mean, I knew Morbius was going to... I was talking for weeks. Morbius is going to get bombed more in it. Certainly enough, it did. But I believe Batman is going to stay right where it is. What do you think, guys? Am, am I being overly... What? Am I just being overly you're, optimistic? Am I right? What do you think? I think your optimism is so cute. <laughs> um, it, it really is. But we're talking about millions of people still dealing with this... Um, this covid this uh what is it a virus this virus and uh, i i'm not saying it should get bumped i just feel like with what's going on it will i feel like it will get bumped and trust me i do not want it to i want to see this movie so much i'm all the trailers they've been killing it robert pattinson i believe in you man and what you can bring to this role but just the new when I and I rarely look at the news because it's just like, oh, my God, it makes me want to just get right back in bed and just cry. Um, but it, it just doesn't sound good out there. The weather, the, the covid weather sounds very dark and murky and 
The sun's not out yet. Again, I'm I am choosing to draw on a lot of optimism because again, I'm 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 a I'm a sunshine John today. Sunshine John today, okay. right? right. I, I saw that the numbers dropped for the first time, and they're still stupid high. They are still stupid yeah. high, but they actually trended down for the first time. And now, Grant's only one day. Who knows? That number could spike right back up. Maybe it could. But I believe in optimism. If it gets delayed. All it does is delay ticket watch. That's right. Ticket weather. We got to have ticket watch <laughs> on whatever, which I hope I, I'm hoping is going to be soon. So I think this is, I think this is a good idea. I think, and again, look, if it does turn around and we do see the numbers continue to climb and spike and all that kind of stuff, well, that's going to change things again, to quote, um, Wizard of Oz, it becomes a horse of a different color. It totally does. And I get that. No problem. But, for now, I choose to believe that this is going to move forward and this is going to be great and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there, you take that. Okay, with that down. <laughs> you told them, John. That's right. I told them. <laughs> with the nicest voice ever. Yeah. <laughs> you take it. Uh, you take that. It's going to work. <laughs> Whatever, guys. Whatever you guys are thinking about this, do you think the Batman is going to make its release date of March 4th? Are you going to be shiny, happy, optimistic John on that and say yes are you going to be drab and dreary, sad and murky Kim? Or, and being like, <laughs> totally, usually the roles are completely reversed. Usually the roles are completely reversed. Uh, and, and believe that maybe it's not, it's going to get bumped. Where's your optimism level at right now, guys? Wherever it is, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. And you know what? I think that release date is going to be delicious. Almost as delicious as hello fresh how's the, i'm all i'm the king you of the segways yeah. here today guys yeah gotta eat healthy in the new year guys let's hear from one of the sponsors of our video our friends over at hello fresh we want to take a second and thank a sponsor of this video hello fresh now listen guys if you are anything like me or Anne, you know Anne and i are both working professionals we don't have a lot of time and what that often meant was when it would come to dinner time, we would either settle with making subpar meals or ordering fast food way too much. I like fast food once in a while, but we were eating fast food way too much. That's why something like HelloFresh was an absolute godsend for us. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Listen, with HelloFresh, you'll be cooking and eating great looking and great tasting meals without the hassle of going to the grocery store and trying to remember everything you need to get on the recipe list and you'll be paying less. And look, I get it. You are probably saying to yourself or saying to me through the screen, John, you don't get it. I don't know how to cook. I'm telling you with HelloFresh, you can. Because the packages don't just come with all the ingredients properly portioned out already for you, but they also include clear, easy to follow instructions with images that you'll have no problems following. In 30 minutes or less, you'll be eating great and feeling pretty damn good about yourself looking at the meal that you prepared. So right now, guys, go on over to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's 16 free meals and three free gifts. So HelloFresh, everybody, America's number one meal kit. Okay, guys, once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Campia16. Make sure you guys use that promo code Campia16 because that helps out the John Campia show. And don't you all want to do that in 2022? Anyway, thank you for that, guys. And thank you to HelloFresh for being one of our sponsors here today. Okay, guys, with all that down now the way, let's now move over and start taking your live comments and questions, shall we? So let's get things kicked off here. Kim, 
What do we got up here first? All right, this is coming from Suthius. Now that Eternals is on streaming, I can finally watch it with clarity. It looks great. When I saw it in theaters, the projection we had was really dim. Oh, that's unfortunate. Look, I know that's actually one of Robert Meyer Burnett's big pet peeves, that there are some theaters out there to try to save money. They lower the brightness and intensity of their projection and to try to make their their projection last longer like because they're expensive to replace. But still, that's terrible. And and if you find that in your local theater, if you find the, the, the picture and images in your theater dim, absolutely make a point. Be polite. Be nice. Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze, be nice. Be nice about it, but ask to speak to the manager of your local theater and say, listen, I'm a patron here. And when I come, I expect excellence in the in the projection. And I'm finding your picture to be kind of dim. And I, I think you guys should adju- address that because otherwise, as a film goer, I may need to find another place to go and watch movies. Please do try to fix that. And thank you for your efforts. But be nice, be polite. Be nice. But I would point it out to the, oh, to the people they there. They better not do that for the Batman, Morbius, and for Scream tomorrow <laughs> oh no no i i i find that the theaters we go to ray i find the theaters that we go to like whether it's the amc burbank 16 or the tyler i find that they're, they're really good with their projections so i don't think that's i'm ever... just mainly just for those three movies since yeah. they're gonna be a darker the darker and yeah, 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 yeah i hope they don't do that in any theater to be honest yeah i, I agree with you all right what's next crashing coyote says thank god peacemaker reviews are amazing currently at 90 percent because episode three of boba fett felt like star wars inspector gadget fast and furious crossover <laughs> uh look I, i'm not gonna lie to you Ouch. i didn't love the i mean there are th- there are some very good things in book of boba fett episode three that i quite liked i still thought it was a better episode than episode one it was not as good as episode two and again, the I, I just I I will just forever remember it as the Vespa gang, the Moss Espa Vespas. That's what they got to make. They I thought they missed some Sons of Anarchy jackets. The Moss Ve- Espa right? Vespas. I mean, there you got it. So yeah, but that, yeah, hearing good things about Book of Boba Fett though. I'm sorry, John. I didn't mean to. But no, that not, song is starting to get catchy to me for some reason. The little the hymns, the little uh, the little uh, at the, you know, like the the song they're using at the end of Boba Fett. Hymns. Really. Oh, because I'll, I'll tell you, I was just thinking what? this morning about how... whatever oh. that, that song. Yeah, I it's think... actually I don't know why it's I'm actually starting to like it for some reason. I I hope I, it grows on me because I really prefer the the Mandalorian theme is so. I guess it's because it reminds me of Halo a little bit because. Oh uh, yeah, I can the, see why you, know, you would like that. Yeah. All right, what's next? I was like, him? What church you go to? Um, Jillian Mott says, hey, Kim, love the Aquila and the B reference yesterday. Prestidigitation. I think that's how you spell it. LOL. Was it was Lawrence Fishburne in that movie? He sure was. He sure and was. Angela Bassett. Oh, my God. That was a good reference. All right, what's next? Andy says, yesterday, you, John, said your sexy was burdened with glorious responsibility. Don't you mean that you're burdened with glorious sexiness? Uh, well, no, I said with the sexy comes glorious. Bur- but yes, you're right. You're right. It is That's It is a weight I have to carry every day. Knowing that my sexiness Deep. has to give, number one, hope to the people. 
How you gonna do it? Be the bright light in dark times. Bright light. And with that sexiness comes great responsibility. I, I'm not gonna lie, to you. it's a burden, but I carry it. I carry it with passion. All right, what's next? Andy says, lost my voice watching No Way Home three nights in a row. <laughs> Knew my voice was at 100% again when, no joke, I was able to belt the chorus of How You Remind Me. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, first of all, Going to go see No Way Home three nights in a row. That sounds like That's a lot, a of, fun. lot I mean, of fun. I've got to go back and see it again. I mean, I've seen it three times now. I, I still have not seen it a fourth. I think I got one more in me for theater. So I think I got a fourth in me. It's not going to hit the Shang-Chi seven mark. I was going to say. <laughs> um, but, but I think I got one more in me. I got to go see it again. Maybe I'll lose my voice too. All right, what's next? Fanimator says, I posted a video with an Avengers Endgame style credit sequence but of characters from the Raimi web and MCU universes. Three Spider-Mans with signatures. All right. What's next? Cool. Derp Derpins says, did you see the trailer for Studio 666? Horror slash comedy with the Foo Fighters looks interesting. Also, the trailer for X looks weird. The 70s with the Chainsaw Massacre vibes. Uh, I have honestly, I've not seen either i have not heard of either the studio 666 with foo fighters that sounds interesting i'll keep my eyes open for that but I, other than that i've not heard with, of either of those all right what's next andy says how likely is it that james gunn becomes the feige of the dec the dceu i also think david david zaslav is keeping a close eye on feige's relationship with disney zero chance that james gunn becomes the feige of the dceu zero chance especially after what happened with suicide squad even though the movie was awesome awesome it didn't deliver the audience which is a travesty in my opinion i love that movie um oh you know that zaslav I, I listen i'll tell you what there have already been gift baskets sent, sent over to kevin uh -huh. feige's house there's already been phone calls wow. text messages some late night sexting from zaslav to kevin <laughs> feige oh my god saying look at my wallet Look at look at my wallet, Feige. Behold how rich I am and what Behold. I can oh, give huge. you. Oh, listen, Bulging. I'm telling you what. They are going to make. I'm telling you right now. They are, did you say it's bulging? It said it's so huge and bulging. <laughs> this wallet is huge. Look at that bulging. money, baby. Look at it, Kevin. Because oh, I'm telling you what. They are going to make a big push to get Feige. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not saying they're going to get it. They're going to get him. But I've been saying for a while, I think there are fewer days left of Kevin Feige being at Marvel than there are behind him. Wow. I think he's run out of mountains to climb. Yeah. What's, what's, what's he got left to do? He's done it all. There's nothing, there's no challenge there left for him. And at some point, I think he's going to go, you know what? I'm a legend for what I've done at Marvel. But I can become near a deity in the entertainment industry if i can go over to another studio and replicate what i did at marvel like you go from being a legend to like i said a pantheon of the gods of the entertainment world forever i mean and so i think and zaslav is going to be very very serious about trying to, i don't know if he's going to land him but i think he's gonna be very very serious in trying to get him all right what's next mm. frederico jordan says i feel like the whole series of book of boba fett is an entire filler under Man Mandalorian comes until. until Mandalorian comes out. After this last episode, I've lost so much interest. Look, the one thing I, I feel safe in saying, the Book of Boba Fett is nowhere near as good as Mandalorian. No. I don't want to say that after one episode. 
you don't want to make that determination after two. We've seen three episodes of it now. Um, I'm not going to call Book of Boba Fett a filler series, but it is feeling like it. It's feel like here's something to hold you over until we get to the real main course, whether that main course is Mandalorian or uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. But yeah, the quality isn't there. Now, again, there are moments like I liked episode two. I thought episode was two was good. And there are definitely moments and elements of episode three that I thought were great. To be honest, it's been a bit since I've had, there was a real, I'm not going to say exactly what it was because I don't care if we talk about the Vespa gang, but there is a moment when Boba Fett returns somewhere and my heart broke. Mm -hmm. If you've seen the episode, you know what we're talking about. Honestly, I felt my heart break. It was a powerful, powerful moment. And I really liked it a lot. There were several moments in the episode that I thought were quite good, but yeah, right now, I, I don't think it's unfair to say this is nowhere near the quality of Mandalorian. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, hey, four more episodes to go. Let's see how, how it works out. All right, what's next? Okay, Kevin Frazier sends in a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. John, Kim. Uh, Probably meant Ray. <laughs> Ray and Rob. You have quickly become... Just so you guys know, Rob's not here on Wednesdays. So there you go. Yeah. You've quickly become must-watch YouTube TV for me. Oh, thank you, man. The high-octane topics, witty banter, and all-around good energy has me coming back for more each day, like having a coffee slash cola with your best <laughs> oh, friends. Oh, thank you, man. It said one of two, but I don't see a second one. I don't one. see the That's second. That's so sweet. Maybe he thought it was going to be two, and it just ended up one. Anyway, listen, I... I you know, it's funny because Rob and I were, were Rob and I were meeting about some stuff yesterday and we were talking about the dynamic of the show, especially bringing because I know some people when I said, nah, guys, I, we are going back. The John Campus show is always meant to be people who are doing the show together in person in studio. We obviously had to change that when the COVID was going on, but was trying to bring it back. And I remember I had a lot of people tell me I love it when people tell me how to run a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. But I had so many people <laughs> writing to me, very well-meaning people. And I appreciate you guys giving me feedback. But I had a lot of people writing to me, John, it doesn't matter if it's done virtually. It and Rob and I were sitting around. Rob and I were both sitting around yesterday in my living room and talking about it. And Rob is just like, it's night and day difference. This is, I mean, it's always fun to do the show, but it is so much fun being together in the room and, and having that dynamic. And I think, I mean, I know for me personally, it makes it a lot more fun. And when I'm having more fun and when Rob's having more fun and you two are having fun, I believe it makes the show better. I do. And yeah. I've been hearing from a lot of, a lot of our viewers too, saying you can just feel the energy difference. You can just feel the energy. And I, I know we all feel the difference doing it live. And I think it's made such an impact. And again, if COVID goes crazy and we need to start doing remote again, we will. But we'll only do it because we have to do it. It's never going to be what this show is. And I, I think bringing back everything under the same roof has made such a difference. And uh, having the four of us in the same room has made it so much fun. And I think if I'm having a better time, I think it makes it a better time for our audience. I, I'm, I, I'm thinking that's what happens. At any rate, thank you for that, Kevin. Appreciate your thoughts. And thanks for being here and being a part of our community, man. All right, what's next? Marie Seifering says, episode three of Book of Boba Fett, the streets of Moss Espa was okay. It laid groundwork for new relationships, but, but was quite short. In three episodes of seven now, thanks. I, Ray, I don't know if you, you heard us, but <clears throat> so as soon as Book of Boba Fett starts... I hit pause just so I can see the runtime. And we hit pause last night. 
and it was like 30 yeah you were like 29 minutes left or whatever oh uh, yeah like we were like two minutes in and i paused it's like there's 29 minutes left what are we doing yeah what are, what are we doing i wish they would have said that because then really like you know smart. i'm coming over here like yeah. at midnight you're picking you're a 30 the minute store, picking up snacks and for like it's i yeah. like i don't know if i wish they told us that in advance I mean, maybe because honestly, I wouldn't have watched it last night. I wouldn't have stayed. If I knew it was going to be like 30 something minutes, I wouldn't have stayed up to watch. I would have yeah. watched it this morning. Yeah, we could or we could have saved up two episodes to watch in a row or something like that to make it the whole thing. I almost want to do that the next two after this viewing experience. And for me, I, I watched it at 430 this morning and um, I would like to have I'm, I want to skip next week and then I want to watch uh, four and five together just to feel like I'm getting more meat. Now, again, listen. I, don't misinterpret me. Longer does not equal better. Oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's automatically for me. That is the worst thing you could do. Just give me the Cliff Notes version. Come on. Longer ninety-minute movies does not equal better. But when when you're creating a, an event show. Which what Book of Boba Fett should be. Book of Boba Fett should be an event show that you're waiting up, you're staying up till midnight for us, 3 a.m. for a lot of people. And you're staying up for that, and it's a chap, and you only have seven episodes. Come on. Come on. You're in the 30-minute range? Really? I, I I don't know. It it is what it is. All right, what's next? Okay, this is from Frederico Jordan. He says, just in case my original super chat didn't go through, here it is. I feel like the entire season of Boba Fett, no, it went through. It, it did one, get through. It, Don't it you worry, Frederico. We worry. got you. It went we through. We addressed it. But thanks for following yes. up just in case. So All sweet right. of you. What's next? Raymond Verrata says, if Tom's hosting the Oscars, bring in Andrew and Toby as well. Then have a Spidey selfie to break the internet. I know you want it. Do the voice, John. Oh, hey, hey, listen. I don't know what voice we're talking about. But when people say oh i just want to see these celebrities together and take one picture is that what he's talking about or break the voice whatever it is but i will say this raymond you're right on the money if tom holland hosts the oscars this year and i think people use the phrase missed opportunity way too much that's an overused phrase but it's applicable here if tom holland is hosting the oscars and you don't have a moment with tom holland andrew garfield and toby mcguire all on stage together yeah that is a missed opportunity like, you got to do that. I don't think there's any question. You're bang on the money with that, Raymond. All right, what's next? Cam K says, Boba Fett falling like Shaq this series. <laughs> <laughs> Time for hack and shack. Time for a little hack and shack. Listen, and again, I don't want to be too negative on Book of Boba Fett, right? I, again, I did not, not a fan of episode one. I thought episode two kind of turned around. I, I'm going to call episode three a push. Because, yeah, I mean... I love Danny Trejo. I do. I love Danny Trejo. But I... Is that a spoiler? <sighs> Would you consider that I don't a spoiler? Care. Oh. <laughs> an, act, an actor's in the movie. Uh, it, whatever. <sighs> but it just... It, it didn't feel like it fit. It felt jarring and out of place. And so did Red Stapler Guy. And because and, I love him too. Uh, I think his name's Stephen Root. Now, what are you referring to, Red Stapler? I'm, that's going right over my oh, head. Oh, that's an office space thing. Oh, office space. Off, oh. Office space. Office space. Yes. 
okay now okay now i know who yeah. he is that it's 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 my red stapler oh i'm gonna burn the building down the guy that they brought okay okay yeah. okay 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 yeah so i mean i love steven root i think he's great he was a, he was in succession too he's in uh, the yes, third season yes, of succession he is, right yes and so but it's just it felt jarring you know, it's I was like that's ain't trail. I, I yeah, I uh, I don't know. All right, what's next? Oh, Stubble McShave says I just realized that Kurt Russell escaped the futuristic New York a quarter of a century ago. It takes place in New York and off in the far off future of 1997. Oh my God, that is that's true. That's true. You're right. We are in the distant post-apocalyptic dark time future of i didn't even think about that you know it's funny see, it's like when you look at movies like blade runner and and other things so you see yeah. distant porn year uh man okay well thanks for putting that in there stubble that's gonna make everybody feel old crazy? now i think make everybody feel old. well pointed out all right what's next cam k says we better get some robert pattinson batman level vengeance from boba fett after this episode or justice will truly not be achieved well i'm, I'm look the show, a great show is not about a great action sequence. But. But. When you show, when Manda, when Mandalorian gives us an introduction of Boba Fett in, in, in the modern context, and Boba Fett is freaking John Wick on steroids and destroying fools with harsh vengeance and prejudice, just like cracking heads and all that kind of stuff. And what have we gotten so far? Urgh. Urgh. It was better in episode two, but still nowhere near the level of the Boba Fett action we saw in Mandalorian, somebody else's show. Yeah. And then I don't mind the, the, the fight sequence in this one. I don't mind it. But again, we're now three episodes in and we're still not seeing the Boba Fett that we got to see in somebody else's show. And again, I'm going to use the overused phrase. It's a missed opportunity. You can't. Here's the thing. I'm so tired of my fellow fans telling me, well, John, it's only been two episodes. It's only been four episodes. It's only been. No, it's only been one season, John. It's only been one season. John, it's only been the first three seasons. You got to get back. Give it another season, John. <laughs> like hang top. I no a show should be able to come out and grab you with its premise. And, I, and obviously there's going to be things you need to build up to. Obviously, you're going to have to give us some background. Obviously, all that kind of stuff. But a TV show should be able to come out of the gate and grab us like Mandalorian did, especially, like Heroes did. Especially and you, with Boba as the main character. You know what I especially mean? Especially with Boba Fett as your main and character. You have to do, no, it's okay. And you have to do the math. It's It's only seven episodes. You're, yeah, you don't, we're, we're honestly, halfway through the show almost. If that's your your theory of, of like, you know, the third one should pick up. Redo your math. The first one should pick up. If I only have seven episodes, the first one should be like, oh, I'm hooked. Oh, this is dope. Oh, did you see that? Did you see this? I'm like, for some, for some reason, this show, though, for me, and I don't really do TV shows or follow them. I, it, it pisses me off, but I'm still in for the ride you know what i mean even oh, yeah, this last I'm episode too. i'm, with I'm you. like just 
the worst thing that could happen is to take me up this roller coaster. It's slowly going up. I mean, this is slow. Yeah, it's a slow But climb. I'm looking at how high we're going, and I'm like, if we don't get that big that drop. That thrill moment. Yeah, coming. that thrill moment. I'll, I'll be pissed. I probably won't watch another, other than Mando, another Star Wars like. I, I know it's going to be hard for me to get you to watch it again. But the, yeah, but I'm still on the ride. I didn't ask. I didn't pull the lever to get down. I'm still there. Like I'm actually even after this episode, I still want to see a little bit more. Just a little bit more. All right. You no, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch through this. We'll see what happens. All right. What's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, not sure if you noticed, but there was an Easter egg character from The Mandalorian walking in the yep. background, which made me chuckle last night. Yep, uh, Ryan right. pointed it out when it was happening. Uh, so there's a there's a there's a character from Mandalorian. No lines. Camera doesn't even focus on them, but they're walking by with a couple of their little minions. And it's like, oh, Ryan was the first one to put that LASIK, baby. Oh, is that LASIK? He's got that He's got LASIK super working. eyes now. And it, it was a good good catch on that, Elizabeth. All right, what's next? Ma Mark Neto says, mods and rockers fight coming on Boba Fett. It's the Vespa gang. Everybody's wanted the Vespa gang. Where's a colorful Vespa gang with some scamp little kids getting in there? Da -da -da -da. It's right? like, I am Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, old man. First of all, he's got a helmet on. And that's the first thing is say, what are you doing here, old man? It's like, B -b -b he's wearing a helmet. How <laughs> do you know what he looks like? At any rate, then it's like they give him a couple of like snarky little one-liners. It's like, you're hired. Well, you're hired. Come work for me. I hope you can fight. It's like, what? What? Hey, I'm sorry. All right, what's next? Oh, Ismael Montoya says, shout out to the hut carriers. It hurts to watch them. All I can think about is there's got to be a more efficient way of travel because that's some slow going. Where are the wheels? <laughs> like, that is some very slow going. Enjoy the sights on your whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, whatever they call the thing when they're being carried aloft like that. Especially, like, wait a minute. They, you, it's probably a good hour long walk through the desert. To just, uh, they really could have taken a faster way to get there and then just have them carry just you off your sail barge. The there's a sniper out there. He's like, oh, really? Really? <laughs> I mean, just, uh, all right, what's next? A. Marcellus says, oh, wow, people are surprised Batman is PG-13. In other news, water is wet and Spider-Man shoots web. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously not even something worth talking about as a main campia, uh, as a main uh, topic here on the campus show. It, they officially came out with the rating and, and the, the Batman is PG-13. I don't know why anybody is pretending they're surprised. Of course, it was going to be. It's always going to be PG-13. And that's the rating it should get. So, yeah, you're right. In other words, water wet. Well, well said. All right. What's next? Casey Max says, go, go, Vespa Rangers. <laughs> you mighty morphin Vespa Rangers. And they are. They are morphin. Because I bet you anything with the, with all the little, the various things. And by the way, what's this that? Some, somehow, some guy from London ended up in uh, yes. the un London Underground, ended up in, uh, in Boba Fett, say, no problem, mate. It's like even using yeah. like the, the the underground London slang. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's happening here? What's going on? Uh, Hand me a lightsaber, bro. <laughs> just, all right, what's next? MCP Scooty says, "Welcome to Moss Vespa, <laughs> you nerf herder." I'm oh, just yeah. Again, and look, we're we're focusing on the negative. 
<laughs> totally. We're focusing on the negative. Negative? This is positive. But I'm just saying there were very good things. This is a great Halloween situation. You don't understand. <laughs> we're already going to be the bros, and now I'm adding mini Vespas. I'm going to find these, like, blow-up Vespas and Halloween, John Campia office. We are bros with Vespas. It's going I, down. It's, uh, I just Look. There were some very good things in this episode that I really like, but we are kind of focusing on the negative, I acknowledge. All right, what's next? Ryan Lawner says, just remember, every time Finnick appears in Book of Boba Fett, you're looking at a 58-year-old woman. Asian, don't raisin. I mean, I <laughs> love Ming-Na Wen. I oh, love She's her. 58? Wow. I have, girl. I have been at many premieres and sat either beside her or right close oh. to her because for whatever reason, reason Disney always thought it would be fun to sit me with the cast of uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> which they know I hate that show and I always end up sitting right like in the middle of the cast but I've seen her show up there like with her like grown up kids <laughs> and stuff like that it's like she looks at me and I'm like by the way I she's a great consigliere to Boba Fett. I, I really like this character a lot. I like her character in this show more than I liked her character in Mandalorian. Like, she's I'm really, really he digging her. Yeah, I think she's one of the highlights of the show so far. All right, what's next? Luis Enrique de la Pena says, after having watched Boba Fett's episode three, I believe I know how it's going to end. Fennec Shand is going to betray Boba. I think I'm off the bandwagon. I, I don't think so. I think, like, I know I've read some people saying, man, the way she talks to Boba Fett, I think she's betraying him. And I'm like, I'm the opposite. I find the way she talks to Boba Fett shows insane loyalty. I think she is all in on Bo the Boba Fett loyalty. I, I really do. I, I see completely the opposite. You don't think so, Kim? No, I don't. I'm with you. I'm. I can see that turning. I can see that. Uh, at the I last don't. Episode. I think it's the opposite. Oh, we'll find out then. All right. What's next? John Redcorn says it won't happen. But wouldn't it be funny if Hannibal King and Triple H from Blade Three appear in Doctor Strange and Triple H fights Wong and gives him a pedigree? So of course, in Blade, LOL. in Blade Trinity, one of the truly most awful comic book films of all time, which did have Ryan Reynolds as oh. Hannibal King. Just and Triple right? H, uh, which I I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Triple H is one of my all time favorite wrestlers. I'm not going to lie to you, but woo, it's a good thing. Paul didn't decide to be a full time actor. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that in Doctor Strange. All right. What's next? James Argenta says, I like Boba, not as much as Mando. I hope they are saving the budget for a final two to two to three episodes. Can't wait to see Boba riding his gift into battle. Okay. I will say this, and it, it really became obvious to me. I am really feeling the budget difference in the Disney Plus shows right? yeah. compared to, you know, the movie thing. I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. But John, they no, no, see, here's the thing. They're spending close to the same amount of mo money on a series as they are in a movie. Close, not, not exactly the same. The difference is all that budget in a movie is put into two hours. Meanwhile, they're trying to stretch that budget over four, five, five and a half hours. And I am honestly feeling the budget difference. And I'm not even talking about the questionable visual effects sometimes, like with the Vespa bike chase, which you can obviously tell. Like there is even the one scene where the girl is riding her Pink Ranger bike or whatever it was, and she skids it to the side to come to a stop with her face coming straight up into Canada. Right? <laughs> it was like... I felt like that entire sequence was missing frames. 
as her bike's coming down and it starts to turn to stop, er, you federal is going and like, wow, they couldn't have fixed that. That didn't look good at all. But I'm, I'm just talking in general, the, the Mandalorian using, and I can't remember what the name of the, the, the circular dome virtual sets are that they use the, the, it's called the something. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I I'm starting to feel it. In Book of Boba, it's like, oh, this is clearly not on location. This is clear. Whereas in Mandalorian, you don't feel it. The volume. Thank you, everybody in the live chats. The volume. Um, in, in Book of Boba, or in Mandalorian, you don't feel it. Like, you don't feel like you're watching them in the volume. I feel like you're watching them in the volume in Book of Boba Fett. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can, I don't know. It's 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 weird. All right, what's next? Enrique, uh, Luis Enrique de la Peña says, what do you call a tracksuit mafia thug who just got dumped? Heart broken. <laughs> but I'm fine. Uh, like you, Rob. <laughs> oh, he liked that one. <laughs> oh my All God. right. What's next? Oh, hey, Alex says last night's Boba Fett felt like Robert Rodriguez, except it was Spy Kids Star Wars. <laughs> by the way, was was it directed by Robert Rodriguez? Ray, can you look that up? Yeah, was, yeah. was last night's Sorry. episode because if it was then that means episodes ones and three one and three were directed by him and i'm like but listen i'm not gonna let one of my heroes john favreau i'm not gonna let one of my heroes off the hook just because he's one of my heroes like yeah yeah, it was it was robert rodriguez Mm -hmm. hey man listen so far uh not not great not great but uh, or what's next Elizabeth Gerardo says, let's give the Vespa gang a chance. It's not their fault they had to compete after the tracksuit mafia. They have huge shoes to fill, bro. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, we don't want to set impossibly high standards for them, right? But I'm telling you, man, I mean, so these kids love these expensive things and these expensive bikes, they can't afford a cup of water. Boba Fett hires them to be his thugs when he hasn't even seen them throw a punch. I, uh, and the Vespa bikes look so ridiculous. They look so ridiculous. And anyway, like especially on a world like Tatooine. Yeah. That that, that does not that doesn't fit in ta- the looks of those bikes. Uh, I don't know. There's so much wrong with it. All right, Feels what's like next? It comes out on another show. Yeah. Fanimator says, buy one, rent one, lose one. Ratatouille, Inception, Knives out all in my top 10 favorite films loved all these films um i am going to buy ratatouille rent knives out lose inception again i i hate having to do it i love i i like all three of these movies very very much but i will buy ratatouille rent knives out lose inception all right what's next this is coming from Josie Reviews. I was surprised to see the Rotten Tomatoes score for Scream in the 80s so far. My box office predictions for opening weekend is around 30 million. Tell you what. Hmm. I am also around the 30 million guessing range. As a matter of fact, for those of you watching live, let's make that a poll question. Uh, opening weekend for Scream over or under uh 30 million and we will go over and we will go under so here's the thing uh and i just put up the poll guys those of you watching live vote in that poll there do you think it's gonna make over 30 million opening weekend under 30 million i'm right around the 30 million guess as well but i will say this when ann 
and Ray and Ryan and me went to buy our tickets, the theater we picked was sold out already. Now, now, then that was, we were looking at the AMC Dolby Prime Theater. So when we then said, well, then let's look at one of the other theaters in the building. And so we said, okay, it doesn't have to be in the Dolby Prime. What's in the next one? And that one was empty. (laughs) The next one we looked at was empty. Oh, wow. So, I mean, at least the Dolby Prime is sold out. The other theater in it is going to be me, Ray, Ann, and Ryan, and probably 15 other people. So I don't know how it's going to be. So Mm -hmm. let me just go over and take a look at here what you guys are doing in the live chat. So almost 300 of you guys have already voted. 57% of you are saying it's going to make under $30 million. 43% of you are going to say over. I uh, Give me another day to give a guess on that. Uh, because, because I think it's going to be right around 30. Kim, you're going to go over or under 30 million. You're going to go over on that. What about you, Ray? Things going to make more or less than 30 million opening under. weekend. You're going to say under. Yeah. And I, I'm a push right now. I got to see the movie and then I'll make my guess. Anyway. All right. What is next? Casey Mack says newest T T West movie. X trailer dropped. Is it, was that? Sorry. Newest, I have no idea what they're saying. Okay. Dropped from A24. It looks like a horror movie made in the 1980s. You're the second person today, Casey Mack, to bring up the movie X trailer. I, and I, I'm not familiar with it. I haven't taken a look at it yet. But you're the second person to bring it up. So it must be worth taking a look at. I'll keep my eyes open for it when we start. Um, This is like a technical mishap. I put closed poll, but I didn't know it would close the actual poll. I wanted it off my screen because I already voted. So I might have closed the poll. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I had already. Closed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. You, you're good, Ray. Ray, you did not mess that up. <laughs> it is not your fault. Do not worry. Okay. Uh, where are we at? What's next? Moises Marquez says, and he sends in a $15 super chat. Thank you. This version of the John Campia show is my favorite so far. Gives me the just friends hanging out feeling of the old AMC days. Watch every day. Oh, thank you so much for that, man. And again, we are, we are all just having a good time doing this show and having you guys in the format, I think is working great. And yeah, we'll, we'll always experiment. We'll always try different things, but that, yeah, I, I got to, I will at least speak for myself. I'm having a blast. And thank you so much for your comments on that, man. I appreciate that very much. And thank you for supporting us on that level, dude. All right. What's next? Oh, God. Luis Enrique de la Pena says Marvel Phase 3. (laughs) Here we go. Captain Marvel. Captain Bro America, Civil Bro, Doctor Strange Bro, Spider Bro, Homecoming, Brodians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Black Pan bro, Broar, Ragna bro, Ant bro, and the Wasp, Rovengers, Infinity bro, and N bro. <laughs> that was actually you, got it, buddy. You guys got to stop. Captain Bro America is my you favorite. Gotta you got to stop. It's not just about putting the letters bro in everything. I know. If you can come up with a really, what was the one the other day that we all just laughed at? I don't at even there remember. At? There was no. one. One well, out of the 50 that we've got, but it was it like really, really funny. Broar Bror Ragnarok? Or? No, it wasn't no, that. No, was no, 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 no. It was something yeah, else. Yeah, it was something else. But it, it was something it else. It was it really, worked. really good. It worked we really all good. Like, started laughing hysterically. I can't remember what it was, though. All right, what's next? NC says, I'm calling those Boba youths the, the cyber cyberpunk gang. gang. I, I still, I'm going to, I don't care. They, they can credit them as the cyberpunk gang. I Forever to me, they are the Vespa gang. 
The Moss Vespa Espa. The Moss the Moss Vespas. There we go. The Moss Vespa. The Moss Vespas. There you go. All right. What's next? Raymond Verada says, "I wonder how the Hut carriers got to Boba's palace that fast, just after the fight, and they brought a rancor and a machete and, I, ma- and machete." I, I I again I just like what they got walked that slowly through the desert. You take a sail barge, pull up, and then have them carry. I, it was a little bit weird. All right, what's next? Cinema Guy sends in a 1999 Thank super you, chat. Cinema Guy. Hello, John. I just saw Don't Look Up. This movie is not for me. I know you don't like to talk about politics, but it's hard not to when you when clearly this movie has a political message and propaganda that's that's why it's so divisive. <clears throat> Excuse me. What do you think? Every movie has politics in it. I mean, George Lucas, Star, the original Star Wars films are, are, are laden with politics. What, I, so I don't mind that. Every movie has a message. Every movie has a point of view. I don't mind that. What, where I get uncomfortable with the movie, even ones that are saying messages that I agree with, is when it becomes really heavy-handed. Now, look, do I agree with the kind of like one of the, one of the at least one of the underlying messages of Don't Look Up, that fucking people are ignorant fucks not listening to experts? Yes, I think it's the fucking height of ignorance to go, well, I don't like what the experts say with the people actually studying this all. So I'm just going to believe something else just because because I did my research on the Googles while sitting on the toilet. Like, no, you're a fucking imbecile. Uh, yes. Do I believe the world? Should, I, 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 so I agree with that message. I do. I agree with that message. But when the movie gets lost and, and this is now I enjoy don't look up. I do. But when the movie gets lost in when it becomes more important to the filmmaker to hammer home the message rather than make a good movie, like have that message as a part of your movie, have that message as a part of your movie. But when it, be, when it, when I, when I, as an audience member start to feel that this is just about sitting me down and hammering me over the head with your message as opposed to just making it intrinsically a part of the movie and having it communicated effectively, instead of going for efficiency, they went for pure volume. To me, that kind of turns me off. Whether it's, whether it's, and by the way, I, I don't need a movie to say the message that I agree with for me to love it. It's just that even when it's a movie that is communicating a message that I agree with, it becomes difficult to watch because you're not putting the movie first. Mm-hmm. You know, have the message as a part of the movie don't make a movie to be a part of the message. That's that's just my thing about it. And that's why I like the movie. I do, but I don't like it as much as some other people do. But that's just me. All right. Thanks for writing that in, man. Give me that perspective. What's next? Sebastian Gonzalez says, binged Cobra Kai and loved it. Can't wait for season five. Highly recommend. It's small scale karate um, game of... Is it Game of Thrones? With high schoolers for the soul of the SF Valley. LOL. I... Look, if Karate Kid is for you, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. If Cobra Kai is for you, that's great. My wife loves it. Let's let's pump the brakes on the Game of Thrones comparisons, shall we? Let's 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 pump the brakes on that a little bit. Look, look, Cobra Kai is not for me. Tons of people love it. My wife loves it. You love it. I think Rob likes it, and that's fine. I, like, I'm I'm not trashing on it. It's not for me. But let's pump the brakes on the Game of Thrones comparison, shall we? Let's pump the brakes on that just a little bit. All right, what's next? Mega Movies says, I know you're mad, John, that The Harder They Fall didn't get in for best cast ensemble. Outraged! 
I am outraged. You should be. But honestly, with one of the greatest casts I've seen, like top five greatest cast ensembles in any movie I've seen in the last two or three years, how you don't make that into a good movie is beyond me. Anyway, but that's just me. All right, what's next? The man with the master plan says, this week's shows have been great as usual, but a certain ad John does makes them all better. <laughs> Bring on the filthy. By the way, mayo on hot dogs is the best. That's right. But In-N-Out is the best burger ever. I, uh, oh my God. And it is. And, and it I agree. Is. The it man is. with the plan. It is. We are not getting your opinion on In-N-Out. The bread is good. The lettuce is good. The How tomatoes are good. The beef is good. The How cheese is good. I'll tell you what, though. The sauce is no, great. No, you're not telling anything. No, you'll like Next. this. You'll like this. So in, in my marriage... When there's a moment in my marriage where maybe Anne needs a little pick me up, I need to, you know, make my wife feel good, or maybe it's like, "Ooh, John, you screwed up. You better do something." I'm telling you what, few things get me out of the doghouse or make me, you know, make me a, a the 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 good guy in the or or a hero in the relationship. Then, hey, Anne, you wanna you you feel like Robin's In and Out Burger tonight? Because my wife loves In and Out. Yeah, and she, she knows I it. hate it. So, uh -huh. so when I go, you want in and out burger tonight? Anne always looks at me and smiles. She goes, you, this is your lab. I said, you want to, do you want to get in and out tonight? <laughs> she looked at me, she goes, you love me. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyway, all right. What's next? Casey Mack says, do any of you have interest in Archive 81? Comes out this Friday. It's about a video archivist who takes a job restoring damaged videotapes and gets pulled into the vortex of a mystery. I have, I have. What I know that on? No, I know nothing about it, but I have heard numerous people talk about it. Again, I, I know nothing about it, but I've heard a lot of people talking about it. So only because people like UKC Mac are mentioning it, that's why I have a little bit of interest in it. So I'll have to keep my eyes open for it. By the way, I finally started watching Dexter. You did? Yes. What do you think? I only watched 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really liked what I saw so far. That's substantial. But then Anne had to go to a class. So I can't watch it without answer. I had to pause it, but I really like what I saw so far. But because now that I have Showtime, I got to get on Yellow Jackets as well because everybody's oh, you have talking Showtime about. Now. Yeah, but, well, I mean, the I have had since That's November. Right. Give me your codes. So Showtime, Dexter, and Budweiser sent me a big Dexter package, including a one-year free subscription to Showtime. So I've had That's no excuse. Dope. I just haven't had time. So last night, finally got it all installed. Got the Showtime app up and running. Started watching Dexter. Really like what I like so far. But then I remember, oh, yeah, Yellow Jackets is on here, too. And everybody's been talking about Yellow Jackets. So I'm looking forward to watching that as well. All right. What's next? DJ Stevie 69 says, love the reaction to Boba. I could do without the swoop gang, too. Coming in the coming in the books, but Vespa's also new show tag. Let the Wookiee walk. By the way, and he said one or two. Oh, here's number two. Okay. Loved that fight. Also pretty fond of the Ranker Keeper. Glad the Tuscans are gone. We don't need pre uh, Predatusk. They were strange. Pikes. By the way, uh, this will be a bigger discussion for tomorrow. But in the whole discussion about is everything, because remember when Disney took over Lucasfilm, they said from now on everything's canon. The comics, the movies, the shows, the whatever, all canon. For those of you who know the comics, they have completely broken with the canon of the comics around a certain Wookiee. 
and and we'll t- probably we'll probably talk about more that more in depth uh, on tomorrow's show. But yeah, they they can no longer pretend that everything is canon because it's clearly not. So that that's a big thing there too. All right, what's next? I feel like that guy is the evil twin of my of my friend Wookie here. You have your friend Wookie. My he's a great character. He's my favorite. He is a great character, but we'll get more into that he's later. Evil. Cinema guy says, as a Cuban myself, I would love to see an actor, an actor such as Andy Garcia, for example, in the lead role of being the Ricardos as Desi Arnaz. It would have been more accurate and authentic. What are your thoughts? Nope. I'll just tell you straight up. Nope. Uh, he gave an award-winning performance. He was perfect in it. And now listen, I love Andy Garcia. I have met Andy Garcia. I've gone to see Andy Garcia live uh, and watched him perform. Like I've gone to see him do stage and stuff like that. I'm a big Andy Garcia fan. I really am. Javier Bardem acted the shit out of that role. He brought it home. He made me get invested in it. And he's getting a, he's got a SAG nomination for it. I would I will say this. I think Andy Garcia, who is a great actor, I think the movie would have been less good were it Andy Garcia instead of Javier Bardem. Uh, Bardem killed it. Absolutely. I mean, again, this is this is my point of view. This is my perspective as an individual thing. But I was lured by his performance in this. And he brought that that guy, he brought Ricky Ricardo to me to life. And it just, uh, him and um, uh, J.K. Simmons, like both were like, oh he my God. Like, so because listen, we, we expect Nicole Kidman is going to knock it out of the park. We just expect that. And of course she does in this movie. But I didn't know what to expect from JK because what kind of role he's been given. JK kills it, but Bardem is Ricardo. It is one of the best performances of the year. And and so I, yeah, I think they, the they really... And Ethel, what's her, her name? I can't uh, remember the name of the actress. She was great in it She too. did a really good job. She really did. She really did. All right, what's next? Matthew DeFritis says... Can we take a sec to admire Jessica Chastain's greatness from the help Zero Dark Thirty, Molly's Game and Interstellar? Her performances are so real. And the eyes of Tammy Faye. I'll t- no, Tammy listen, Faye. I'll tell you right up. She's she is a top five of my favorite anybody in Hollywood. I love Jessica Chastain. I have had um, a couple of opportunities to sit down with her. But one of my favorites ever was I got to sit down with her and um, Octavia during the the help junket and i got to sit with them for like 15 minutes and uh, by the way octavia offered to bake me cookies so i'm saying i'm gonna hold her to that at some point and then i remember when i went to speak with jessica again the next time i did she goes you're the one that was supposed to get the cookies i'm like yes i am (laughs) but she was charming and delightful molly's game her role in the help was amazing i love her in zero dark 30 eyes of tammy faye I mean, she is... And the eyes of Tammy Faye, like older people that I've talked to that are like, how did she do it? That's exactly how Tammy Faye was. Like her, the way she slumped, the way she walked, the way she lifted her head and talked and sang. Like people that are familiar with her were like, that was Tammy Faye. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, she was so good in it. Again, I don't think she's going to win, but again, the greatness of Jessica Chastain. I think she's as great as she is. I still think she flies under the radar for a lot of people. She is truly remarkable. I love her. All right, what's next? Cheyenne Hacker says, John, FYI, uh, Katriana, the name we thought we were reading is pronounced Katrina. Katrina. Okay. 
She's Irish, and that is just the Gaelic spelling. Good to know. I'll okay. totally forget that because I'm, I'm terrible with names. I'm glad she said that because I've been Thank calling you. her um, Katriana for a really long Katarina, time. Katrina, yes, yeah, something but but Katrina. It's good to know. Thank you for for that. Appreciate it. I'll try to remember that next time. Thank you for the heads up. What's next? Casey Mack says, in my opinion, Mayor of East Town got snubbed. Should have gotten it over Squid Game. Probably in terms of ensemble. But but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't was it eligible this whole second. Um uh, let me just look this up quick. What is the name of it again? Yeah, SAG nominations, Hollywood Reporter. I thought I didn't think it was it was eligible. I thought that was last year. Um let me just see in a motion picture and let me see the outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think mayor of East town was this year because if it because I, if it was, then you'd be seeing Kate Winslet up for best actress. Cause she swept the Emmys. Like she won best actress at the Emmys and stuff like, so I don't think it, it counted for this year's SAGs. I think oh, it, it okay. might have been last year's sex. Otherwise, I would have say Mayor of Easttown got overlooked, but I'll have to go and look into that a, a little bit. All right, what's got next? Got it. Sebastian Gonzalez says, Chad Stahelski or Dustin Daniel Critton would be great to direct the new Raid remake. They both can direct and choreograph great martial arts action. Here's a little unknown thing. Most action in most movies isn't directed by the director. Most action sequences in movies are directed by a second unit director um, most of the time. Now, again, I would be thrilled with either of these guys. I think both of these guys are very, very good directors, especially coming out of Shang-Chi and stuff like that. Absolutely. But I, I, the number one thing you need to get is a great storyteller. Get a great storyteller, and then you can make sure you bring on the best second unit directors to choreograph the action and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the director of the film, 99%, 95% of the time, the director of the film is not the one who does the fight choreography. So, I mean, so I wouldn't base everything on that. But I mean, having a director who has a good sense of action as well certainly does help. Absolutely. All right, what's next? Nick says, when I use Manscaped, I look down and say, hello, Fresh. That's a good way to bring in both of the sponsors <laughs> of today's video. Well done, Nick. Well done. <laughs> all right, what's next? John Sheck says, if we all start to make Army Hammer jokes, wouldn't there be an issue of us cannibalizing each other's oh, laughter? Oh, 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 oh. All right. I'm going to give you the drum hit for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the drum hit for that. All right, what's next? Sometimes I'm like Will Ferrell, and, or who was it in Anchorman? It's, it, he'll just read whatever you put on there. Yeah, and when I, I say anything, I mean anything. <laughs> I didn't realize what you were saying until I read it. So <laughs> thank you for that. All Thanks. right, what's next? Adam Henson says, surprise, no one has been approached. No one has approached Graham Norton to host the Oscars. I think he would be amazing. Uh, fact, here's a total fact. Most people in North America don't know who he is. So, I mean, that that's kind of a non-starter right there. I, I think it'd be a pretty good, you know, uh, before all the controversy. I remember for years, I, th I, I kind of campaigned for Kevin uh, Spacey. Obviously not anymore, but I mean. I remember the, one year they were talking about that. They right? were talking about because he is a song and dance man. Mm -hmm. He is a Hollywood. I, I mean, remember, this was before all this stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. But at the time we're saying he's a Hollywood icon and you will be hard pressed to find a bigger Hollywood historian than Kevin Spacey. 
Uh, of course, obviously that's out the window now, but I, I, so I, but I think Graham Norton, I just don't think most people in North America even know who he is. So I think that's a non-starter, unfortunately. All right. What's next? Casey Mack says final destination two actually made me afraid to ever drive on the highway. I mean, Hey, there are scenes that it's like, Hey, there's one, one of the, I can't remember which they freak me out, which one it is, but they died via sun tanning bed. I think that was the third one. Is that the third like one? That. I remember that made me hesitate about ever getting into a tanning I bed. That, I mean, right? obviously looking at my pasty whites, yeah, me and tanning beds don't spend a lot of time together. But I mean, that was one of the movies that kind of turned me off a little bit. Yeah, I already don't like stuff like touching my eyes. But the one with the laser, she was doing the laser eye surgery and the doctor accidentally turned it up too high and it burned yeah. right through her skull. All right, what's next? Yeah, Sam Sprill says, hey, guys, on SAGS, I'm glad to see Margaret Qualley made got nominated for best female actor in a limited series she was amazing and made on netflix i did not like again you guys know i don't watch a ton of television so that's one that i missed but i heard really really good things about it and i'm glad yeah. she's getting recognized if she's that good andy mcdowell's daughter all right what's next michael hamilton says according to multiple sources las vegas raiders de max crosby has tested positive for being oh, a no. certified beast oh being a certified beast and is coming for his next prey joe burrow i'm telling you what crosby was all over the freaking place in that game against the chargers that is, that dude looks like he crawled right out of of sons of anarchy scene as well like he does. He totally looks like he just walked off the set of Sons so of Anarchy. Scary. But that dude's a monster. He was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying, you know, he's the best in the league. Like he's not a Watt or anything like that. But he was a beast. So it's going to be interesting to see. But you know what? I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. I don't want to get Ray. Ray is like Hawkeye right now. Don't do it. Don't give me hope. But but I know Ray is, is like. You know what? I'm gonna actually just watch the game. Yeah, I usually sit. You should watch the game. Yeah, I have to. You know what? I can't be that. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna take the Bengals, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, what's next? Hom Tallin sends in a. Am I reading that right? A one thousand seven hundred ninety dollar super chat. That that cannot. That's not. You know what it probably is? It's this. No, that's no. not. What happens? I think what probably happened. What would probably happened? This this happens sometimes. Is somebody sends in in another currency. Oh. So yes, that's that's my a million. Yes, it, I think it was. A, I think it's converted currency. Of course, if we go in and find out that that's actually what it is, okay. Hom Tolland is now our number one viewer. Number one. Number could one. Guess could guess speak anytime. Anytime he wants. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, but I'm, I'm going to go on the assumption. This, this is probably a, but I'm, a currency conversion. I'm thing. thinking yes. it's really Tom Holland. Maybe and it's if it is, Tom Holland. And if it is, then that love and me possible. supporting him for Oscar host. Uh, yeah. So it's actually Tom Holland pretending like it's not Tom Holland. We know he watches this show. Best Spider-Man ever. And now he's the best Spider-Man ever. All right. No, what did Hom Tolland say? He says, hey, John, I wanted to ask this from you. Are you going to do a Marvel tier list ranking sometime in the future? I don't generally like I will maybe do other than best of the year, worst of the year, which I will do that every year. I maybe do one or two lists. I'm not a fan of lists. Not All a right. List guy. I'm not a fan huh? of lists because honestly, People use lists. People try to weaponize lists against you. Yeah. 
It's like, well, now John, you you just said that you think you might prefer uh, the amazing cryptocurrency man over the the revenge of the slug man movie but in 2008 you made a list and in that list in 2008 you said that slug man was better and it's like oh uh, you know fuck it i mean I, I, so i mean that's one of the reasons i don't like giving lists because i i just don't know that i like to, to sort them a lot like that but i i think sometime this year we might get into that I think sometime this year, I don't know, cryptocurrency, man. Chief, Chief Leaf is saying, I don't know, I was just making up on the spot. Cryptocurrency, man. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we will. I mean, if I find out that that's not a currency conversion, uh, Hamtal, then I'll make whatever, sure, I'll make that list. But I mean, yeah, so, so there you go. All right, what's next? John Sex says, we need a Final Destination crossover with a Saw film. I don't know that we need that. I think I'm pretty okay if we don't have that. All right, what's next? Noah sends in Super Chats to support our channel. Oh, thank, thank you, you, Noah. Thank you very much for that, man. Mega Movies says, John, the review embargo has lifted for Scream, and it looks good. Currently at an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. What's your thoughts? Well, listen, we talked about this the other day. When the first reactions came out, and the first reactions were great, and and I'll just tell you what my thoughts were now that the same as they were then. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. By the way, I mean, I I, I said on the show, look, nobody cares about Scream. And a bunch of people wrote in, John doesn't understand. This is a favorite amongst us. And I, I just simply wrote back. The last Saw movie made $34 million at the box office, and the one before that made $80 million. Tell me again how everybody loves Scream. Tell me how Tell me how crazy popular Scream is again. Again, the last one made 30-something million. The one before that made like 80-something million. So tell me. So no, I don't think I was out of line to saying most people don't care about Scream. I think the numbers kind of prove what I was saying. And I have not cared about this Scream. I, I think other than the first one, I like the first Scream. I do. I think it's been a garbage franchise. Personally, it's my own opinion on it. But I tell you, we'll see tomorrow. I'm excited. I am. I am legit excited for this movie. Hearing the reactions that not just the general critics have, but people I know have been having. And the fact that I've actually had somebody call me who knows my taste in movies and said, John, because I got invited to the screen. I didn't go. I, I don't go to most screens anymore. I said, John, you are going to really love this movie. I'm like, really? And then I start reading all these reactions. I'm like, well, hell. I can't wait. I'm I, super I am excited. legit excited. I'm super excited. I am legitimately excited to see this movie. I, I kind of can't wait to see it. So fingers crossed. Here's hoping. All right. What's next? <laughs> all right. And this is our last one. It is coming from Cole Hur Hurlbert, who says, howdy, folks. Watch the show every day with my son while I work. Oh, thank you, Cole. Do you think the male-female awards will have to go away in the future due to culture change? Love y'all, and Ray is my man. Bring yeah. on the filthy. Um, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I've been saying about this for a long time. I don't think they will go away. Um, and the reason I don't think so is because I've always felt... And listen, ask me again in a year. I might have a different point of view. I might have a different... Like We all change and evolve, and maybe I'll have a different thought a year from now. Right now, my thought is I would not do away with it because to me, playing a female role is so fundamentally different than playing a male role. I just think they're, they're fundamentally different things you bring to the screen and therefore I'm okay with there being a distinction between those roles. I, I, then again, 
would I think it would be the worst thing ever if they just said, no, we're just going to have one award, best performer of the year and best supporting performer of the year. I won't cry if they did that. I, I, I wouldn't be upset if they did that. But I think there are two such fundamentally different things, just like the difference between men and women are so fundamentally different. We are two complementary yet completely different, you know, uh, groups of people. I, I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not going to die on the hill on that one. I, I, I get to change my mind in six months. For now, my answer is I don't think they're going to go anywhere, but that's just my take. Anyway, guys, listen, normally what we would do here, and I feel badly about this. Normally, we would be now at the point of the show where we would be going over to take your your questions that you sent in via the tip link. However, because there were seven topics today, but more importantly, unfortunately, because we started the show a half hour late today due to a technical issue we had. I know those of you watching live didn't know about that, but today's show, actually, we, we started at 10, had an audio issue. We got it fixed and started a half hour late. We unfortunately right now don't have time to get into those questions. I feel terrible because we didn't get into them yesterday too. They, don't worry. We're going to get all caught up. Robert Meyer Burnett is going to do like a big full uh, companion video today. All those questions are going to get caught up on today. So Rob's going to do that. You're going to have that tonight. Again, I, I feel terrible about that. But again, it was just a combination of seven topics plus the fact that we had a half hour late start and we've unfortunately got things that we've got to do and get to the schedules didn't change. So I feel terrible about it, but don't worry. We are going to get caught up anyway, guys, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campion show. Thank you guys so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big extra special. Thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. And number two, you supported the channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campion show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. And again, extra special apologies to those of you guys who sent in the questions via the tip link. We're going to get caught up on those tonight. So keep your guys' eyes open for that. But for now, that'll do it, guys. I want to thank the people in the room with me. Kimberly Ann Curran. Kimberly, where can people follow you? Hi, guys. You can find me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly. And right beside her is Ray Ora. Ray, where can people find you? You could find me watching Ray Turtles after <laughs> I get these segments up. That's right. right you get to ride finally watch Turtles yep. today. Ray Ora with a zero. And you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter right there, simply at John Campia. That'll do it for me for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>